Panago Pizza presents S D P P the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Hockey is back, baby! Woo! We're talking about an actual like game today. Also, a couple other good pieces of news. Jesse is wearing a PK Subban Nashville Predators Stanley Cup Finals t-shirt that he bought at the Stanley Cup Finals when we were there. I, so, uh, story, I did not buy it. It was given it to there. us by a listener who brought us down there. Oh, Kevin. So, oh, Kevin, Kevin, you got you that? Kevin, Kevin got us all shirts, did he not? Well, yes, he did, but I didn't <laughs> realize he got you the PK one. Come yeah, on. he got me the PK one. He gave it to us right si- right outside of uh, Bridgestone, yes. I believe, when we, when we, after we landed. Man, that I, was so, – so do you remember this? Because it was Nashville, right? It was a sea of yellow, but every now and then we would see five girls in purple. And then a sea <laughs> of yellow and five girls in green. Because all that was going on – was the Stanley Cup final and bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That's yes. all yes. what's going on. That's not what bachel- I remember about that. Not Bachelorette, party. the TV show. Actual bachelorette parties. I mean, never know. Maybe they <laughs> well, you know, TV play. on the pedal tavern. and. Um, uh, the other thing is, Jesse is broadcasting from his brand new apartment. I am also not doing that. I'm still in the old place. He's in the old apartment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jesse, show us your rough, old apartment. Rough start. Damn, oh. well, listen. <laughs> Rusty. I, okay, so hold on. Can you show us around your old apartment? I'd like to see it. No, I can't. I can't move the. Computer. Oh, okay. This was the mistake I made uh, just before we started last time, Adam. I go, wow, like uh, front entrance looks. Uh, wow, it's like just like your old setup. He's like, oh man. No. See, nothing bothers me right now. Not even that intro because I had the crispiest nap. It was like the angels were singing above my head as I woke up. I Not fifteen minutes ago. And I feel fantastic. And I also feel fantastic about the fact that I fell asleep in the middle of the third period with the Leafs last night because I am becoming my parents. But you guys, the Toronto Maple Leafs won an exhibition game. Now, does it matter? No. Not really. But of all the (laughs) exhibition games they've ever played, this one probably matters the most because there's only one in the series of exhibition games. Can I say? Also, they're going into a spot where they have to play in for the playoffs. And yes, Steve, go ahead. The Montreal Canadiens were so bad that I'm mad the Leafs played them for their warm-up. Yeah. They yeah. were awful. That's they an were. awful hockey team, the one now, that we you, saw last night. They should not be here. So here's what I wondered. <laughs> here's what I wondered. Is it they, they, To me, it just seemed like the Canadians had a bad night because they played the Leafs really well this year. Obviously, you know, that first time Hutchinson's in net, and I think the second time too. So a bit – a bit skewed, but they had that huge comeback right at the beginning, beginning of the season. Yep. I get that there's no fans, and I get that it's not a real game, but that's precisely why I think Montreal is better than what they showed last night. There's no – like, I know the power plays ranked 22nd in the league. I know. But there is no way Montreal is that bad. And there's no way Toronto's penalty kill is that good. I think Montreal was more bad than Toronto was good, especially on special teams last night. That's how as bad the Montreal – yes. <laughs> no, seriously, both teams had uh, pretty good PKs. But the they, this is what I've been talking about with the advantage that the Leafs have. They don't do so great against heavily structured teams, or at least they struggle against them. They struggle against teams that thrive on intensity, right? The Bruins have pretty much all the skill the Leafs have, plus they have that. Structure the and Colum- intensity? 
Absolutely. They definitely have way more structure, more intensity, skill. I still probably give the Leafs the advantage, but obviously it hasn't worked because of the other two things. Mm-hmm. Columbus is kind of like that. They're, uh, they thrive on structure. John Tortorella's structure. They thrive on intensity. They lost Panarin. They lost Bobrovsky. They're, they remind me a little bit of the Islanders uh, that lost John Tavares and then went on to make the playoffs anyway. Right. Right. The Canadians are like that too. When they're at their most intense, they, they don't, they definitely don't have the structure of the two teams I just mentioned, but when they play full, full blown intense, they're hard to beat. There Last night was a, a pillow fight. It was awful. <laughs> like that was really bad to watch. And how about Jake Muzzin nearly kills a man and no one even says anything. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, it, it <laughs> he <laughs> mashed that guy, Belzil. It's yeah, it's his first game too. That yeah, I'd never heard of him. <laughs> I never yeah. destroyed that yeah. guy. Destroyed him and blocked a Shea Weber shot. Like someone should have told Jake Muzzin what kind of game this was, and Zach Hyman who was trying his heart out, and Nick Robertson who was trying his heart out. Well, Nick Robertson needed to. Nick Robertson, Nick Robertson needed Robertson. to needed to and and in fact before we get to that i'm going to run down the structure of this show so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the leafs and habs we're going to talk about the flames and uh and oilers and we're going to talk about the flyers and pittsburgh penguins quickly and then we're going to get into the actual projections of what each series we think it's going to look like right the play in rounds okay so try to stay away guys from saying too much about columbus just yet because i'm going to need a little zip from you on that However, there are issues facing each of the teams that I mentioned, and that's what I want to talk about. And the first and foremost, because the hype train is, you know, it's, it's literally painted Nick Robertson on the side of it right now. Um, how do you feel he did? The kerfoot uh line that he was paired with, you know, scored two goals. Uh, Nick Robertson got himself an assist, which he set up. And now we used to make fun of this as kind of assist because it was the ghost assist, right? It was the Thomas Caverlet to somebody – who then gets it to somebody else and scores. But that play develops because Nick Robertson slides the puck over to Morgan Riley, who then shoots it or hard passes it to Alexander Kerfoot, who puts it in the net. I'm wondering, from what you saw with Kerfoot last night, gentlemen, both of you, mm-hmm. Jesse, I know you were working. So, or not working, well, working and moving. moving. Did you have time to think <laughs> about whether or not, Jesse, Nick Robertson makes this lineup? I'm asking you both. Does Nick Robertson play on Sunday? Sunday. Can I answer first, Steve? Absolutely, sir. Uh, Brian Burke, the great hockey mind, has been uh, peddling a narrative over the last couple of days uh-huh. that the Leafs don't need more soft skill. That Nick Robertson in this lineup is a little redundant. And I don't disagree with his theory. If the Leafs excel at skill, if their best aspect of hockey is playing this fast-paced game where they can outscore everybody, why are we adding a player who simply adds to that? Why not go with... Why are we doubling down on this one thing? On the strength. Because they're already... already, (laughs) Why not try and balance out the lineup? Oh, man, that's the most Brian Burke take I've ever heard in my life. Hey, we're all swimming this one way. Nah, I'm going to swim the other. Nah. Uh, <laughs> okay, Do, fair. We'll get – now, Steve, go ahead. What's your response to that? Well, so you're right. 
they don't need more of that. So let's then put in Pierre Engvall or Frederick Gauthier. Frederick Gauthier has never thrown a hit that he hasn't fallen down from. True. You know what I mean? Like this guy, I've said it and I'll say it again. The Leafs uh, are obviously hamstrung by the salary cap, but one way they'd be uh, very wise to spend their money is to pay somebody. It's a little bit more difficult. Actually, it'd probably be easier in the bubble. Pay someone whose job is to follow Frederick Gauthier around and fuck up his day. Fuck up his coffee order. Every time you see him barefoot, you throw Lego on the floor. Just, just every time you see his perfectly gelled hair, you ruffle it and you screw it up and you run away. You just you blow bubbles at him. To put If he's wearing a white shirt, you squirt mustard on it. Just piss him off. But if you want grit in the Leafs lineup, who's it coming from? Is it coming from Goat? No. Is it coming from Engvall? No. It's coming from Clifford, but Robertson's not stealing his job, is he? It's Clifford and Muzzin. Yeah, I say uh, leave Robertson in there because he's actually raised the bar uh, of intensity for this Leafs group. He's someone who is battling. You know, he Engvall and Goat should be battling too. Their, Their position in this lineup is not for certain. But I saw only one guy who was playing desperate, and that was Robertson. Now, was his first period good? No. No, it was not good. No. But that's okay. He's 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the thing for me here, Jesse, is, and I, and I, I respect yours and Brian Burke's points, uh, your collective points. It's, called the, it's, it's like when, when Michael Scott has, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and it's Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. It's kind of the same. This lineup thing. needs Blake, more grit. Brian Burke, Jesse Blake. <laughs> <laughs> my thinking is, I haven't seen I, my my uh, my radar is a little bit different than Steve's, but I always like to look at the effect that a new player on a line has on the other two guys who are on it. And it's not that Nick Robertson being there made Alexander Kerfoot score two goals. I mean, Nick Robertson is directly responsible for the play that set up the first one. Uh, but again, you had to add a Morgan Riley to that, who was an elite level talent. Um, I think the way Kapanen played last night, the way Kerfoot played last night, Kapanen had a few shots. Of course, they were always at the chest because that's where he shoots it. Um, but the point is that line was, a, I mean, against a not as good Montreal team, was a bit of an X factor. Now, it doesn't mean well, it was great to see Tavares and Mikheyev score within the first 20 seconds. They were rolling. Um, you know, Matthews had a few good moves in there too. It was good to see him rolling. But what I like about this and what I think is going to be the difference in this series with uh, the Blue Jackets, and again, we won't get to that too quick, too much, is doubling down on what you are. Because you know for sure the Blue Jackets are going to double down on what they are. What they are is what they are. And the the effect that having a skilled guy in that line, like I, I, I looked at the way Nick Robertson and Alexander Kerfoot and Kapanen could just dry, keep the puck down low, keep the puck down low. That's one of the major things the Leafs struggled against in the last two years against the Bruins. They could not cycle low. And if they ever got cycled low against them, they were screwed. It was going to be there. It was going to be there for two minutes. So I think in saying that I put them in the lineup once and I want to see what happens. Engval and Gauthier are all going to play, right? They're going to play. They're going to draw in. It's a matter of where. Engval's the odd man out at practice today, by the way. Sorry. That that is shocking. That 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 is shocking to me. That tweet just came down. So the fourth, the, yeah, fourth line is Clifford, Goat, Spezza. 
That's shocking. Shocking news. But I love the fact that they're willing to give this a shot. Um, I think he's earned just at one kick at the can against uh, the Blue Jackets. And I don't think it's going to hurt to have him. I want to see how disciplined he plays and how he handles a very, very tough Blue Jackets defense. Now, let's move on because, again, we're getting into a, a, a little too close to let's project to the series territory. But um, Ilya well, Mikheyev. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wanted to give you props, Adam. Because you, you pointed something out that was very clever. Oh, okay. And I don't know if even you noticed it. I don't think I did. Kapanen always shooting at the chest. Oh. Do you remember – it's difficult because you fell asleep. Do you remember the first shorthanded goal? Kerfoot's yes, I first. rewound. I rewound. Don't worry. Kasperi mm-hmm. Kapanen on the breakaway, shoots low, gets a rebound, Kerfoot roofs it. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Keefe has to say to Kasperi Kapanen, if you lift the puck off the ice, I'm benching you. Because he's got – that line, man, could be just friggin' wow. shoot low. Robertson's going to bury it. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, apparently Kerfoot's got some finishing power too. He does. If there's a he rebound, does. Robertson's going to be there first, and it's going in. Don't you dare raise the puck. <laughs> you right. shoot one puck at the chest. I'm benching you, Cappy. And there was one, there was a, a, an odd man rush where Capitan was actually aware of the other players there which is rare for him. And it's like, yes. great. That's awesome. Like this is, this is what you do with that skill set. It's such a great skill set. Mm. Mm. And that's what's so delicious about watching him play is it's like, Oh, and remember guys, I mean, if, if Jesse to back to back to your point for a second, if Andreas Janssen is healthy, I don't think we're having this discussion. No, I think you're right. Like I don't, they're not going to put Nick Robertson on the fourth line. It's, We'll see it camp oh, next yeah. year, that sort of thing. But what this opens up for the Toronto Maple Leafs long-term, and I don't want to talk contracts, I want to talk games because we actually got to talk about them. But you all, everybody knows that, that you know, the Leafs aren't in Vancouver contract hell, but they're pretty tight. They need to move on from somebody who makes three or $4 million, maybe two guys. That's Kerfoot, Capit, and Janssen. One, one of those three, potentially two, gone next season. So you can move those guys out get fair value back, put it on the back end or whatever it is you can get back for them, maybe more of a controlled contract. If Nick Robertson is able to step in here while Janssen's injured and he proves that he can play in the playoffs, then he can play regular season, which means this summer, this offseason at the end of October, you have more options rather than going, I guess we'll see in training camp. We know the answer already and we can move on from one of these guys and bring back some value and dump some salary at the, at the same time, which is very, very exciting. So let's move on to Ilya Mikheyev. Guys, um, when, you see, um, when you see that happen in the first, what, 10 seconds, 20 seconds? Uh, 33. 33. Yeah. That is all. How all do, how do you feel? Tell me the feeling. Don't tell me the reaction. Oh. Tell me the feeling. What do you mm. feel in your chest? Oh, you know what? warmth like i'm like i'm cared for like like i've come in after a cold winter's day cold winter's morning shoveling the driveway wife's got to get to work and i got to do my husbandly duty just get out there move some pow you know what i mean and then i come in and and what what do i got to do adam I got, I got to warm myself. Well, you, you must be starving after working that hard. Oh, tell me about it. I'm famished, Adam. What, but, what but you sort don't of thing? Wait. You don't want to wait to make something. You got you to gotta, you gotta grab something now. I'm hungry now. Yeah, and look at me. I'm hot. I'm svelte. I'm, I, I need something light but hearty. 
<laughs> I don't want to come back to this kitchen within three hours. Absolutely I want to be, I got to be, I got to work. I got work to do. I'm trying to eat, damn it. I'm going to have some soup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just warmed my heart. Warmed my heart. One of the, one of the things I've been talking to people about is, okay, Morgan Riley being out of the lineup sucked. That was really bad. Oh. Losing Muzzin sucked. They lost Marner for stretches. Uh, Andreas Janssen essentially did not play this season. Uh, John Tavares broke his finger. Austin Matthews played hurt. Freddie this, was playing hurt. Freddie had Freddie was play playing hurt. hurt and then was hurt. Um, like this, this year, one thing going back through this whole season made me realize is what a nightmare of a season it was uh, from the roster and just what happened in games. Losing Ilya Mikheyev ruined the offensive plan for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was such a key Jenga piece. Mm. And if you go and look at the Leafs record with Sheldon Keefe as head coach and Ilya Mikheyev in the lineup, it was like 12 and four. Like it was, I'm sure it was just a hot streak, but it was ridiculous. They they were so, so good. You take him out. All of a sudden, one of the more defensively responsible players, fast, lanky players on your team comes out and you're like, oh, we got to plug that hole. Okay, well, we're going to plug him with Engvall. And he was good for a bit. And then he wasn't any good. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, so we're, we're going to take Eng- Engvall out of there. Who else can... Well, okay, we'll try Kapanen on the left wing. and Oh, oh crap. Okay, that doesn't work either. Okay, so we're, we're going to take um, Spezza moves up and Kerfoot is now the winger. And, oh, this line is really good. This works. This works. But lines three and four suck. And, oh, my God. And they just spent the rest of the season playing whack-a-mole after Ilya Mikheyev got hurt. Last night, he's there, bangs in the first one. Kerfoot gets the next two because he's exactly where he should be, which means – Kapanen is exactly where he should be. The Leafs forward group, the way it is, we're, we're arguing about like the, a player on the third line and the fourth line. Forget about it. The offense, the way it is, is top five in this league. It's so good. Yes, Jesse? You what like does that team? mean about how Dubas built the team if you're taking that? The, okay, what, how important is McCabe's contract on this team? He's got to be like 12th. You can yeah. probably rank 12 yeah. guys ahead of it, and you're taking the 13th most important contract on the team. You're taking him out, and you're there's the Jenga piece right there, number uh, 13. I know that's, <laughs> that's terrible. Like, know, this isn't a good thing. No, it's not. It's Everything not. you're saying be, this sounds like catastrophe. Jesse, you're, you're right. You're right. And, and this is getting away from the conversation of last night, but. Uh, I was because Matthews took some criticism this season, and obviously he barreled through it he got 47 goals Nylander didn't take any he scored over 30 uh Tavares took some but like I if you you broke his finger man and then he didn't then he came back and couldn't shoot if you look at his numbers yeah he actually did pretty well despite the broken finger and some of his best production came in games that the Leafs ended up losing so it sort of got buried he didn't get the glory um and Mitch Marner too like he had a few really bad plays and people were bitter about the contract. Look at the numbers. He, he, he had a good season. The big four did their job, but when McKayev went down the depth, they just couldn't figure it out. Now, Jesse, I, I don't know if, if this is the day for the conversation. Um, but so we did a, we did a playoff preview show with Justin Bourne. I just did. It's about 50 minutes long. It's up on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. If you want to check it out after this. But I go, you know what? If the Leafs lose against Columbus, uh, they got to look at blowing it up. 
and his eyes aggressive his eyes went as wide as dinner plates because he's like you're going to base the future of the franchise on this yeah and i was like no i'm not i'm basing it on this and the last three years get over the hump get over it dude they hold on though if they win if they Now again, we're we're preview we're stepping into Columbus preview yeah, territory here. But if they beat Columbus, Steve, they'll only just be on par with last year. I know, I know. But if they then lose to Columbus, Columbus, it's even worse. And then beat the next team. If they lose to Columbus, they're not even on par. <laughs> <laughs> I right? guess. So, but but they had two shorthanded goals yesterday, and did you see what was on the penalty kill? A holy shitting, oh my godding center. Who was that, Steve? What's that person? Alexander saying? Kerfoot. Oh, he's a center. Who was also injured at one point this season and suspended after he came back from injury. It was that kind of season. But, they okay, the little things that this team has needed over the past couple of years, I'm like, Doobie, I, I, I love you. How don't you have one of these things? How did he make a bet on Curtis McElhaney or make a bet against Curtis McElhaney that I defended and I defended the logic of how did that bet then turn into two years of searching for a goalie? That was one. And the other is the straw that stirred the drink on the penalty kill was Per Lindholm. He was the last natural center on the penalty kill. Mm -hmm. Don't go. Don't you dare go and tell me Frederick Gauthier. Don't you dare go and tell me about take the face off and scamper to the bench as fast as you can because you're a liability out there on the penalty kill. Alexander Kerfoot was the first natural center they've had, a first natural center regular in the lineup, every game player they've had since Per Lindholm. That's inexcusable, man. There's lots of – and don't even get me started on the defense. And those are three things that we've been talking about for at least two years. Mm-hmm. So – not to get too inside baseball. I don't know if I'm ruining your show plan here, Adam. Not I'm at all. I'm excited for hockey to be back, and maybe you shouldn't base too much on whatever this is. But if they fail against Columbus, people, rightly or wrongly, are going to look at the job Dubas has done and gone, how well has this gone actually? And I'm not sure – I'm honestly not sure how much I'm going to be like, oh, come on, guys, you're being ridiculous. Well, this is the point where it's like, you got to put up or shut up, right? Yeah. You know, and I agree with you there. I wouldn't blow it up yet, but maybe one more year. (laughs) Like, I'm not talking about trade Austin Matthews, but like we've been talking about trade a three or $4 million winger. That's another thing for two years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well now with Robertson and McKayev, you have to. Yeah. Well, you do have to. Yeah. So one of them's cost controlled, but the other is like, here's the thing that the guys that are, that were, that are in this picture are McKayev, Janssen and Kapanen. Those are the guys. Yes. You want to keep Mikheyev, one of them's got to go. Clifford's gone, too. Yeah, like, he's got to have a big playoff. If he does, then maybe you keep but, him. I doubt it. But apparently he wants over $2 million bucks, and they just can't afford that. No. So, simply no. So yeah. it's, you know, they've got Engvall. They've got Gauthier. They can sort that out. And, and Spezza can draw in on, as a fourth-line center. So here's the thing, though. If you're talking about that Kapanen, Kerfoot, Janssen, you need to keep Kerfoot because he's a center, Right. Mm-hmm. and Kapanen's got that special skill set. But here's mm-hmm. the problem that I find with Kapanen. Every time they move him into that top six, he underperforms. So special on not, the PK. He is special uh, on the PK. Agreed, every time I see him on the PK, I'm like, how do you yeah. get rid of him? Andreas Janssen comes in, and he is solid all the way around. 
But oh. to Jesse's point a little bit earlier about a completely different subject, how much of Andreas Janssen's skill do we need in this lineup versus somebody else? And that, to me, makes him the odd man out. Yeah. Now, he's going to be harder to trade because he's just coming off a knee injury. His value's low. Value's low. However, somebody might be bargain shopping and go, you know, I took a shot on Andreas Janssen. Why not? Isn't this great? Well, (laughs) isn't this great? Didn't you miss this? (laughs) No, I did. Now, remember, they've got Lettinen and Barabanov coming in. Lettinen's a defenseman, but Barabanov could be a player. Who knows? Maybe he sucks. Um, But I I, I think that you're going to see one of those three guys go. And my guess is going to be Andreas Janssen, not because he's not a great guy, but because the skill set that Kapanen possesses is too special. Kerfoot's a center. Robertson's coming in. You can't get, you can't let McKayev walk. You just can't. He's too remember, good. Remember Barabanov? Yeah, I know, right? Remember Miko um, Lennon? <laughs> oh, my God. Is it just me or is the Leafs power play, like, are we concerned about this yet? Again? No. 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 That's, that's one that... I feel like, you know, we talked about structure. Mm-hmm. It's just not there. Like, I sort of wished – this is the problem with a warm-up game, right? You're, I don't think it's a good indicator, really, of how good or bad a team is at all because you might force it, like I think the Leafs' power play was last night, to establish your structure when they could have just gotten a little sloppier and relied on their skill and maybe banged one in. I don't know. I, I think teams are going to force it, and you're going to look, and you're going to go, ah, they kind of suck. I don't, I don't know. I think they were just trying to stick to the script and make it work yesterday. Yeah. But- and I think when your power play consists of those four all-stars, like you can't – eventually you got to be like, okay, these guys are going to put it together. They're going to have a yeah. little hot streak on so, the power play. You know, Paul McFarlane's been blamed for a lot of the power play struggle this year. and last The whole year, thing. The whole thing. Now, he's <laughs> leaving anyway. But – how much do you think a healthy Morgan Riley would have helped, even if Paul McFarlane was leaving, would have helped the power play numbers? Because hugely, hugely. <coughs> Excuse me. What I saw. Oh last my night, God. What I saw last night. It's coffee ground. It's not. Uh, it's not COVID. Don't worry. Um, everybody, after this, after listening to the show, gets tested. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it comes through the microphones and infects the frogs. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So the the thing that I noticed yesterday, obviously Morgan Riley with a goal and an assist, great game, solid game all the way around. Look fresh, look healthy, look Sick like flow. himself, and cool as a cucumber. Every time he scores, he's like, yeah, thanks, cool, great. He looked like the guy that scored seventy points last year because remember Morgan Riley had seventy points last year, seventy over twenty goals. Yeah, defenseman on the Toronto Maple Leafs was seventy points. Goofy. I don't know if it's ever happened, and if it has, it's been like forty years. And no one talked about it. I'll let you, I'll let you know in a second. I just, man, I have no idea. I have no idea. But, but the point here, he, he clearly didn't break any records. Otherwise, they would have said something. But the, the point I'm trying to make here is that Morgan Riley really is that centerpiece on the, on the, on the power play to start, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mitch Marner's got his role. Matthew's got his role. Like, Mitch Marner's on the far wall. You know that. Matthew, you know, Tavares is cleaning stuff in front of the net. Matthews is either on his side or the offside ready to fire like an unbelievable shot at the net. If you don't have Morgan Riley there, I don't think that any of those guys feel in their minds that they can play the same role that they're meant to play. Meaning that if somebody is stepping into that role that no, and this is no disrespect to Tyson Berry, these guys have just been together longer. Morgan Riley puts them in their comfort zone. And I think at the beginning of the season, when Tyson Berry was put in that role, I believe with Keith, 
over Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley took a step back and said, yeah, you know, you got to let players be the, the best that they can be. And I'm glad that they tried it. But Morgan Riley is very clearly the, the, the top defenseman and the top power play guy on this team. And I feel like beyond what he brings skill-wise, which is unmatchable, uh, there is also that comfort factor that the other guys, the forwards, are going to have to be in their happy place and shoot the things and play and, and pass the things that they should pass and shoot. You know what I'm saying? And and just like a small thing, so Andreas Janssen's out of the lineup, and he was the kind of bang-in guy on the second power play unit. Sometimes the first depends on who was healthy. Uh, he's obviously not there anymore. Um, Zach Hyman was actually doing a very good job filling in for him as the bang-in guy. Right. Um, and to me, that's what that second unit was missing. Someone needs to establish themselves as the bang-in guy, um, and it's got to be someone uh, – I, I think Kerfoot, I guess, coming off the corner because that's going to be Robertson's job if right. he's in the lineup. Right. If he's – boy, like that's another thing. Like such a special, special skill set that I think could really exploit teams. You have him on a power play with Spezza and Kerfoot, two natural and playmakers. Barry? Oh, no, Barry's on the top unit, man. No, he is on the top unit. I thought, yeah. he, I thought it was Riley. I think, I think they might have – Last night? I think they might have switched it. They had a little Riley Dermott. Listen, I fell asleep. So before the before the season was on pause, Barry was on the top unit. Remember they switched it for like yeah. the last two weeks there? Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to go with. It wasn't going on and off. Yeah. yeah. And to, answer your, to answer your question, Adam, uh, Ian Turnbull is the record. He has 79 points in a season wow. for a defenseman. So. And that was in the goofy 70s, was it not? Yeah. yeah. Where he's a uh, defense pairing with uh, Boria Salming. Oh. Wow. Okay. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Oh, Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would have been their only good defense pairing that year because Harold Ballard would only pay for one. So, you know, I, I got to say, um, I think, you know, remember we were doing those era-adjusted things? You, yeah. We, we would talk about them, Steve. You would actually write them with uh, – I think some of the pension plan puppets guys did them too back in the day. If you were to era-adjust what Morgan Riley did last year and compare it to the top defensemen uh, in each era – uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of points or best single season, I think Morgan Riley comes out on top. I can look that up right now. Yeah, what's 79 <laughs> points in 1977? Yeah, can you actually do a conversion calculator? Yeah, there's a little exist? yeah, there's a little thing, right? Uh, it is hockeyreference.com. Why isn't... Uh... Steve and I were talking about them this morning, actually. I was very frustrated. Were you? I love hockey reference. No, not hockey reference. I was frustrated oh. with another site that does not list playoff stats for goalies. And that was frustrating for me. And Steve said, why don't you try hockey reference? And this is not a paid ad, but wow. Did I find what I was looking for? Hockey references. Call us hockey uh, reference. We'd love to promote you. Yeah. <laughs> Give you m money. No, uh, we wouldn't pay you. They'd pay us. <laughs> oh, right. Sorry. Man, I'm not sleeping, dude. I'm not Steve sleeping. Trade, Steve will trade you some dolls. It'll be cool. <laughs> hey, they're very valuable. Some worth up to $60. All right. Now, how did I find Era Adjusted? I don't know. If you guys talk, I'll find it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. So don't, okay. you, don't you say a fucking word, Jesse. You fucking found it. Shut up. Shut the f <laughs> Jesse, god damn it. Okay, so, glad, so so glad we went down this rabbit hole. This is great. 1976-77. In 80 games, he had 79 points. As Jesse said, era adjusted. That is 70 points. Tied. Hold on. How many games did Riley play last year? He didn't but, play all. 
Wait. Oh. Riley played less games. We haven't adjusted Riley in 82 games. In the 70s. No, this is Riley. Mm -hmm. In 82 games. So, no, hold on, hold on. Before you announce it. So, you adjusted Ian Turnbull's 79 from 77 to what? So, last year. To, To 2019? It's been, okay, so era adjusting. Maybe some we should explain this first. Yeah, yeah I explain know. this. Because if you're era adjusting Riley, that doesn't make sense. Right. So, <laughs> um, a like a 120 point performance, for example, in 1983, mm-hmm. let's say, is not as valuable as a 120 point performance now, now. Mm-hmm. because teams score less. So basically, they take the total amount of goals from this season and uh, the total amount of goals from that season, and they're like, here's what the equivalent is, sort of, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So, Ian Turnbull, because the 70s, I guess, were a higher scoring era than than it is now, his 79 drops to 70, which actually isn't that big of a drop, I should say. So, it's relatively similar scoring era. So, what are you doing with Riley's number. I'm not doing anything. Uh, oh. Hockeyreference.com just lists, here's what his era-adjusted stats are. Oh, okay. Right? Why, so, what, what are you era-adjusting Riley to if he's in the era now? No, it'd, it'd be like if Turnbull was playing now. That'd yeah, be- so and it comes out to 70. I, yeah, think it's so basic, I think it's the average of all NHL history. Pretty sure. Okay, do... Do the calculation and then see what the what number do we get? No calculation. You just read it off the site, Jesse. Okay. What, a, what <laughs> in, number is in it? In 82 games, Riley had 72 era adjusted points. Oh. <laughs> I don't understand where That's those the best season ever. From. Which Word is 72. Riley. It says 72 last year. So I guess I guess maybe it's comparing it to now. I'm not totally oh, sure. I'm saying. I haven't done this in a very long time, Jesse. <laughs> Thanks very... for completely ruining the bit. <laughs> hey, Jesse, can you check the bottom of your foot for this bit? You gave Riley two points for no reason. No, I didn't. It's <laughs> the same you, amount of points. But you adjusted to now era, so why are we readjusting? Morgan Riley, Riley could kick Ian Turnbull's ass, <laughs> is what I said, Jesse. <laughs> Adam, you ever go, I'm lucky to work with these guys. <laughs> I feel very good. I feel very good. I feel good. Mm. Um, okay. There's something I want to address. I'm going to spend two seconds on it, and then I want to move on, unless you guys would really like to drive this point home. Good luck with that, Adamon. But what chicken shit thing is this linking arms before the game? Are they serious? Two seconds? Are you for real? (laughs) Like, I think it just goes along with what we were talking about earlier, but that is some chicken shit nonsense bullshit. Well, you can't kneel on skates. Yes, you yeah, you're right. Is it, is it just hard? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's no, no, Jesse, it's Are not. Are asking? Is, that, is it no. difficult for no. them to be? Whenever I play, I spend half the game on my knees. I suck. I fall down. I just, I just saw that, and I thought we just still can't get this right, huh? Oh, it's we deliciously NHL. It's deliciously NHL. We're gonna I think it. it's ridiculous they also didn't paint Black Lives Matter somewhere in the arena or on the ice because all. The other major leagues are doing it. Right. Like, oh, we're learning. <laughs> Let's put out a statement. Throw oh, us a bone. my God. We care too. No, you don't. Shut up. 
Well, and like there was, there was a, here, it's right, it's right here on my timeline, actually. Uh, Tic Tac Tomar tweeted this out. So there's a warm up game between uh, the Colorado Avalanche and the Minnesota Wild. And in the lineup, there's uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, Matt Dumba, Nazem Kadri, and Jordan Greenway. And they're all uh, players of color. They're all, you know, hands on each other's shoulder. it's just it was just another thing or a little thing that even though they weren't kneeling, you can tell like they actually give a shit about the thing that's happening at the moment. They're not just standing there confused like most of the players. I will say this, like a lot of the players might have actually wanted something a little bit better than what they did. And I think they were just standing there, first of all, in a surreal atmosphere to begin with. There's no there's no people in the seats it was (laughs) they had a moment of silence for eddie shack that was not silent because there was crowd noise being pumped in even though there was no crowd it was a surreal atmosphere we don't don't need the crowd noise do we do we need the crowd no well i mean it it helps a little bit when the game's going on I guess have just yeah. a little uh, like room tone, and your room tone's got to be crowd noise. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised how seamless it is. Not not to get away from the conversation that we're having. But the Eddie Shack thing was absurd. That was. <laughs> I, I felt <laughs> bad because you know, I mean, the person who was doing that obviously has not done that since March. Yeah. Or anything well, no one's similar pumping in crowd it. noise, right? No that, one's pumping in crowd noise except for Montreal. I said it. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, there's a little of that going on, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when, uh, whenever they play the goal song in the background of the goal the, song, hey, there's yeah. crowd noise in that as well. Like, it's not everybody in the stadium. Yeah. And in Toronto, you know they're not because it's fucking silent the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll be. Can't see, accuse us of that. <laughs> see, the Leafs were the visiting team yesterday. Sorry, to get back to what we were saying, it's just, it was, it's, uh, a lot of people called it out for what it was or what it sure seemed like which was performative you know what i mean and like they did performative is a great word performative it's mm. yeah i hadn't really used uh hadn't really heard it used all like the past month it's mm. really it's apt but like listen uh a lot of individual players have spoken out against uh you know what's going on right now they've spoken in support of black lives matter they've worn the black lives matter shirts and everything there's obvious progress happening but then uh, you know seeing what's happening in baseball and what the what the wnba is doing and and what's happening in in soccer all over the world and hockey comes back and they're standing next to each other and i'm just like okay (laughs) okay like it's just it's a dud it's a dud dud. And, and then here can i here you Say what you want to say because I'm going to bring up the Bruins <laughs> statement and I want you to tell me if it smells funny. Jesse? My favorite parts of the podcast are when Steve wants to look up something and he says, you talk now. All right, shut up. Shut up. I got it. You, shut here. up. Ear adjusted. <laughs> All right, shut I'm up. I'm going to ear adjust the Bruins statement and I'm not going to tell you how it works because I don't really know. Yeah. I'm Meanwhile, <laughs> Mike Frances is an old man. Now watch me do the exact same thing he does. Um, the exact same thing. Oh, no, okay, retired, okay, so by the way. He's officially retired. So shout out yeah. to Mike. Till next year. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a statement from the Boston Bruins players. Over the past several months, we have been trying to educate ourselves and learn more about racial injustice in our country and around the world. Okay. As a team, we have decided to lock arms during the play of the United States and Canadian anthems as a sign of solidarity with the black community. 
okay, okay. And then they just completely fuck it up. This action is solely intended to be a positive sign of support for the black community and a way for us to use our platform to help end racism. What are you doing to end racism by linking arms? They didn't. Also, you don't get to tell the black people how you're going to support them. You ask them how to support them and then you do what they say because you're asking them. I don't understand what's so hard about this. You read, you read the words. You solely read the words. They're not bad. But this action is solely intended to be a positive sign of support for the black community. They're supporting the black community and a way for us to use our platform to help end racism. Who doesn't want to end racism besides racism? Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm fully supportive of the Boston Bruins statement. It's, you cannot be like, here's how we're going to protest the bad thing and then add, now don't be mad. Yeah, you, you what know, the hell is that? What they did. We're, were you afraid of being on the wrong side of history about being anti-racism? We're doing this to stand in solidarity with the black community and protest racism. Don't be mad. Jesse. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't, it just, it waters it down. If I have a question, I have a question for you, Jesse. Okay. I have not helped, but if I were to help you move, you did not ask. I did offer. <laughs> Let me just say I did offer. Yeah. I have not helped. But if you, if, if you were to say, Adam, bring your sexy ass Honda truck over here. It dumps like a truck. Yeah, that's right. It dumps like a truck because it is. Zero percent APR? That's right. Zero down. I have no idea what that is. Two percent finance. Oh. I don't even know if that's what I I have no idea what my lease is on that thing. Anyway. I know that's good. (laughs) The point here is, Jesse, if you ask me to come help you move, Mm. then I say, sure. What do you need? And you say, Adam, I need you to take boxes from my house and put it in your dumps like a truck and drive it to my next place. And I say, Jesse, I'd love to support you on that. But what I'm gonna do is stand outside and blare my stereo so that when you're carrying your boxes over to your next apartment, you've got a great soundtrack. Is that helpful? That's not helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. You understand my point here, guys? Mm -hmm. You what I'm getting at? You ask the community, what they need in support. They give you a bare minimum standard, standard, which is take one leg and bend it and take the other leg and bend it the other way for 30 seconds. And you can't do it. Are like, you kidding? If someone, if someone got in your friend's face, you'd try to, at very least, get in between that person and your friend. And... I don't know what you would say, but I assume it would be relatively hostile mm-hmm. or at very least strong. You wouldn't say for what it's worth, friend, I'd prefer if you didn't do that. No offense intended, which is basically what that don't, was. Don't be mad. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, I hope you don't hold this against me, but you're threatening my friend and I don't appreciate it. But I mean, we're still, f- I value our friendship, but listen, you knock it off. Mm-hmm. Stand for something. That's all. Stand for something by kneeling, perhaps, Jesse, but final thoughts on this? Uh, it just seems like the NHL is doing very little right now, even though there's clear, there's two like main global conversations going on right now. It's coronavirus and then supporting the black community and then things on the back burner like climate change. And, you know, we're asking the NHL to stand up for one of them, you know, tell people to wear masks, support the black community and ending systemic racism. And they've chosen to do very little about that. They've chosen to do the bare minimum and their bare minimum isn't really helpful. 
at all, you know? So hopefully that changes, but right now you can't express anything but disappointment at the league for their uh, reply to what's going on in the world right now. Fair enough. Hopefully we see something better when the games actually, you know, the real games actually are in gear uh, on Saturday and Sunday. You compare it to the NBA, a league that's clearly filled with black players, and the amount, the WNBA especially, you just look to them because the amount of money they've raised, just how public they've been with their support of just everything that's going on has been unbelievable. So yeah, you you compare the two, and it's like you can you can do the same. Nothing is stopping you. You yeah. can do exactly. Yeah. The WNBA is trying to arrest the murderers of Brianna Taylor themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on their own. Yes. It's a bunch of black women who are like, we're not going to stand for this shit. And in the, in the NHL, it's like, okay, with quadruple the amount of money, you guys could do just do something and they're not doing it. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if anything changes. If not, we'll keep being vocal about our displeasure of what they are doing. And I, in the meantime, if you ever need me to help you finish moving, I will ignore all text requests. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that was, how was that for two seconds there? I, I know. Listen, I got it. Also, also, and I'm, this is something that I don't expect Steve to comment on, but if we could have a little excitement around the broadcast, that'd be super duper. That's all I'm going to say. I'm throwing that out there. If we could have some pump-up music at some point, that would be super. What do you mean? Adam... I mean, Adam I mean, it doesn't want to trudge down hockey lane yesterday. Adam doesn't want a Stephen Brunt essay. He wants a Michael Bay trailer. Yes, uh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> are you not a fan of Stephen Brunt's essay? I love Stephen Brunt. No, it has nothing to do with Stephen Brunt. Nothing. Okay, okay. So here's we we talked about this. Stand for Stephen Brunt. Adam, no friends, Steve, but if it, Stephen it. Brunt is a let's get this out of the way. Stephen Brunt's a fucking legend. Okay, that yeah. guy tells a beautiful story. But you have got to look at a broadcast at a certain spot. Now, listen, it's been like months, right? So everybody's a little out of off kilter. And we've just come off and not come off. We're in the middle of, at the height of in the States, a massive global pandemic that's killing tons of people. Let's just be straight about that, okay? But take the global pandemic part out of it for a second. What they have always done is chosen slow song that's dramatic, potentially sad, somewhat empowering, to kick off the broadcast every freaking time by a canadian and band that nobody's by a canadian of. band no one's heard of and i fine take the canadian band all right off. you know what canadian if bands no one, are affordable if no yeah fair but if no, is no one in canada writing a song at 120 beats per minute has that completely stopped can we this is the thing you can honor frontline workers celebrate them mm-hmm. hockey's back celebrate the people that got us here because it's happening here in Canada, both cities. We should be like, woo! We should all be taking off our shirts. What should we be like? Nurses, doctors, truckers, everybody that washed their hands across our chest. We should be waving the flag and pumped. Shaving it in your ass. ass. 100%. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Not, well, we're going to put our arms around each other and stand in solidarity. Yeah. That's, this is the thing. And I understand what's going on in the States is serious, but this is a Canadian broadcast. And also, the- it's sports is back. It's a yes. celebration. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what Brunt's essay was. And I think that that was cool. I think it was that one to me, run that after the first period, right? Run that after I've seen some excitement, but I need a damn sizzle reel. It took me five minutes to warm up to the game yesterday because, and this is something that's been happening. We talked about this with Don Cherry when he was let go uh, or fired, excuse me. 
from the broadcast. We talked about how they needed to amplify the excitement a little bit, getting a little, and that's my thing. And I would say that, and I say that with all respect, that is a tough gig. They're all doing it from home. This is not an easy thing that they're doing, pulling this broadcast off, right? It's, it's a damn good thing that Sportsnet studio is like 5,000 square feet at the top of a building, uh, at the top of the C, uh, CBC building, because social distancing won't be hard in there. But let, let's, let's- it's a, it's a big studio. It's crazy big. Very big it's studio. It's so big. It's the size of like a hockey rink. It's amazing. State of the art, incredible. Let's use it. Let's get pumped. And, and that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I, I just, maybe that's, maybe that's just because it was an exhibition game and it doesn't really matter that much, but they sure had the full crew out. And I, I, you could tell Cassie Campbell's excited. You could tell, uh, uh, you could tell uh, Kelly Rudy's excited. And he was talking about, you know, well, I'm, you know, 25,000 or 2,500 kilometers away, but I'm still pumped. Like, it, this is going to be weird. And that's the thing. Let's get a little weird with this. I just want to feel some excitement around the game. Hopefully Saturday and Sunday and Monday and whenever all these games start, that's what, that's what we feel. But I can tell you that my opinion is they haven't captured the excitement, especially on Saturday nights, the way the NFL does with the NFL games every Sunday. That's just my opinion. You can feel free to disagree. It doesn't mean they're bad people. And it doesn't mean that I could do a better job personally. I would just like to be excited for the game. Is that I'm not? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not being the company man here by saying this, but I don't know what they have in the vault. If I were to allocate my resources, mm -hmm. I would make the big splash either or both of August 1st and August 2nd. That sure. is when you drop the holy shit, oh my God, hockey's backpack. And you know what I mean? You're right. You're prob that's probably what's exactly going to happen. I hope so. I'd, I don't know. I don't know. I like not asking because I like watching it just not knowing. You, you <laughs> but, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Eric Engels wrote a tweet about Brunt's essay yesterday. And he said when he saw it at Florida, and he's right. Like, especially the back half of that, it was like, whoa. You know, that's what, that's what Brunt's really good at. Very few people can hold your attention and tell a story and all of those things. Um, I just, I felt like, I'm like, please, God, just drop the puck. Like, can we just watch this damn game? Do you know what I'm saying? And it's, it had nothing to do with Brunt's essay and everything to do. Sometimes it's placement. I, listen, if you guys want to come at me, if you want, if you work at Sportsnet and you want to angrily email me and tell me what a jackass I am, I'm only the asshole on the couch uh, watching the game. And that's fair. And I loved working at Sportsnet when I was there for the three seconds I was there. It was amazing. So nothing against Sportsnet, the brand, or Rogers, the company. <laughs> I, I throw hope that out there. I hope Fridge pulls a woge and just tweets, or just emails, fuck you. <laughs> Adam, fuck you, Adam. I just want to get excited. Is that fair? Is, that, is anything that I said unfair? We should, we should plug in Jock Jams on Saturday yes. and Sunday. I would freak out. I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Maybe some sandstorm. Yeah, yeah. Dude, play, go down, run down the list of the top 10. I think Nasher did this, the top 10. NHL songs like in the and like EA Sports NHL songs of all time that they've used and like just go just roll those top 10 if you can you probably can't afford it, but you know what I'm saying <laughs> like just pump that pump that in I'm in let's do it yeah I just want to get jacked how up. many of them are Canadian bands Adam no you can't tell me you weren't pumped to see swollen members featured on NBA 2k3 <laughs> I was it was cool yeah it was a banger wasn't even their biggest one Let's move on to the Oilers and Flames. What about them? Well, first off, it is fantastic to hear Chris Cuthbert's voice again. 
I'm sad that he's not doing the Toronto games only because I am Chris, Chris Cuthbert's biggest fan. He is right now the best working play-by-play person in the world in hockey. No questions. He is the best. Secondly, it's nice to hear him say Connor McDavid. And Connor McDavid looked like Connor McDavid yesterday. A monster? He looked scary monster? Scary. Scary. And that's why I don't have many questions about the Oilers because, guys, I can't remember a time where the Oilers seemed this poised for success. Can you name a time? Like, they may not be on paper, and Oilers fans are going to hate me for this, the most complete team top to bottom. But they have so much top, it doesn't matter. Dude, we... I, we're going to take crap. I know I'm going to take crap, especially if the Oilers win. I mean, we all are. It's a Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup. 100%. But I was not wrong in my trashing of the Oilers because the why I was so frustrated by their ineptitude was you have Connor McDavid. You don't even need to surround him with the best team in the National Hockey League in order to win a Stanley Cup. He needs like a middle-of-the-pack supporting cast, and he'll take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. He's got Leon Dreisaitl, too, that two-headed monster. But they've been a two-headed monster for a few years. It's just you can find shelter in their lineup. Okay, we weathered the McDavid storm, and now we attack their third line, which is made of three people you've never heard of, and we murder them. We completely demolish them. Now – they have a deeper roster. A mm-hmm. uh, few prospects got called up who I, w- I wasn't too sure how much of an impact they were going to have in the lineup. They absolutely have. Ethan Bear's a big one. Uh, Kaylor Yamamoto was a huge, huge shot of adrenaline for them in huge. the middle of the season. He looks really good. Yeah. Yes. First goal yes. yesterday. That was cool. And, yeah. and then the, the one last missing ingredient, a couple damn saves. Well, and, and that's – you're right, Steve – Miko Koskinen, Koskinen is giving him some saves. Shirelli was right. And no, no he, makes, <laughs> he makes way too much money. Shirelli was not right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he wins the cup, he's right. It's, no, not, no. it's not a disaster. Doesn't make it a good deal. It doesn't look like a disaster, though. You know what no, I mean? Like It's it not did. good, but it no. doesn't look like a disaster. It was at the time. It was a it disaster. Was he absolutely. played two NHL games, and he said, here's $4.5 million for four years. That's absurd. And we've oh, lost Jesse. Oh, there he is. Uh, there he is. So there, okay. Yeah, well, well, yeah. But you're <laughs> right. Crap the second he signed that deal. Mm-hmm. And here's the problem, though. The reason that it looked so much like crap had less to do with Miko Koskinen. I mean, his again, it wasn't great. He wasn't, wasn't great. Cost- and I'm not saying he was controlled. great. Right. Uh, boo. It's terrible. But beyond that, it was that they didn't have room to fix all the other, the massive list of problems that they had. Right, And it didn't look like he was even the solution to the problem he was supposed to check off. Now he does. Leon Dreisaitl's up for 85 awards. Connor McDavid, for some reason, is not up for all the same 85 awards. It doesn't make any... How come, how come Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are not both up for the heart? D- How's despite, that possible? Despite fixing his own PCL. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> fixing his like, PCL it's nice by that Leon, himself. Like, Leon, it's awesome that he's in there and he should be. So should Connor. Yeah, but neither of them are going to win. Yeah, it's like, well, they're on the same team, so they can't. It's, uh, it's McKinnon's award. Well, for sure. I agree. For the same uh, reason uh, that Taylor Hall won it. Except I think Nathan McKinnon is more deserving of the heart this year than Hall was when he won it. I agree. Where are the yeah. avalanche without Nathan McKinnon? 
He had 40 more points than his next closest teammate. That's that's stupid. How many how many teams' second highest scoring player had 40 points? Right. That was the and gap. Not, and nothing to say against uh, Artemi Panarin either, who had an amazing season. Yeah, but his gap was like 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. the argument for him is the same argument as McKinnon, but McKinnon's is double. If there is no Connor McDavid, is Nathan McKinnon the undisputed best player in the NHL right now? It might be dry cycle if without uh, without McDavid. Yeah. No. Because they get a lot of points from each other. I'm not saying they're not good. True. Dry they Saddle, do, but... Dreisaitl yeah. did an amazing job with McDavid out, but that was like, what, a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. You know what but I mean? they also don't play on the same line anymore. Yeah. That's Thank true. God. Thank God That's for Edmonton true. fans. They're a two-headed monster like Crosby, Malkin. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but Nathan McKinnon is so fun to watch, which is key. He's so skilled. He's so fast. He's intense, though. I kind of want to see, I mean, I don't think we're going to get to see it in this bubble, but at some point I want someone to try Nathan McKinnon and get clocked. <laughs> That's the ancient hockey fan in me because Nathan McKinnon boxes uh, to train um, and he's just, he's just a monster of an athlete. Mm-hmm. He's just a monster of an athlete, takeover ability. There was one game in particular I want to say this is one of the games where the Avalanche didn't have Rantanen and didn't have Landeskog. I think it was the overtime game against the Vancouver Canucks. And Nathan McKinnon just literally raged, raged himself to an overtime winner. Like, like I'm getting sick of this! And then he just ended it. And was, yeah! Just lost his mind. There's, I don't know if there's... I don't know if there are three better monsters in the league than Nathan McKinnon. I don't think there are. I don't think so either. I think it's McKinnon. Or sorry, I think it's McDavid. Sorry. And maybe Crosby, but that light is eventually going to fade. Hasn't yet. It it hasn't yet. Hasn't yet. Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. I I don't know how you rank Crosby out of the top three best players in the NHL right now. Oh, I, would well, I don't never. think you can. I don't. Think I would never. No, I think no. worst he's three. And I think worst. Yeah. Worst. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think you got to look too with Sid is is that the the Penguins no matter what happens to that team they're always in it. Mm-hmm. They're always in it with or without him. With or without him. But but when when he's there. Like, you never – it's like, well, I'll never get bet against the Penguins, right? And it used to be like, well, always bet against the Penguins. This Crosby kid's a loser. I know the Penguins lost to the Flyers, but if the motivated Pittsburgh Penguins run into the Montreal Canadiens, we saw the Leafs play, it, it's over in – No, we're not talking two, about that. No, we're periods. not even going to tell when it's – we're okay. not going to even say when it's okay, over. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, For a sport that's, that's like you got to play as a team, he finds individually a way for his team to win, which yeah. is incredible. So yeah. yeah, never count out Crosby. No, I've, I've always talked about it, but watching him play in person, watching him play is the best part of watching him play in person. Watching his opponents is the second. Your <laughs> body language Whoa. is, oh, nuts. Yeah. Oh, what do I do? One major story for the Flames, and this is a major thing, especially considering what happened to them against the Nathan McKinnon Colorado Avalanche last year. Who do you start? Here are your options, okay? You got Talbot, who went to the second round with the Oilers a couple of years ago, pushed it to the seventh game, had a 
terrible kind of inter-year period, reinvented himself this season, but had to be pulled last night, which was key. Or do you go with Big Save Dave, who didn't play in the playoffs last year? Mike Smith did. Did an admirable job, but nobody could score for the Flames, and Mike Smith isn't here anymore. Who do you go with your goalie? Because it doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut answer. Do you try a platoon? And if you do try a platoon, somebody's got to go first. Who do yeah. you go first with? Well, and what's interesting, I, I'm not sure if this is in, the, in that series, but if I'm not mistaken, every best of five series, if it goes to game, at least game four, has a back-to-back. Yeah, four and five in every round is back-to-back. Ooh. In every series, sorry. I think for the Leafs, it's games three and four. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally no, sure. No, I'm pretty sure it's four and five. It, do, it doesn't matter. At some point, <laughs> yeah. at some point, there's a back-to-back. Look it up on Hockey Reference. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, there's a back-to-back. Uh, I'm stunned it was Talbot. Um, is Big Save Dave hurt? Well, he was playing. He, was, he, 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 he drew in yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, after Talbot. After Talbot got lit up. I, uh, I was wondering if they, if they were saving Dave for the first game, but like Talbot got lit be. up, so they moved him in. Like, I don't, saving I don't Big know. Save Dave? Yeah. People also hurt. aren't talking enough about how much he struggled this year. He had like a, a nine. He had a nine oh seven save percentage. This is Talbot or Big Save Dave? Big uh, save Dave Dave Rich. That's that's the crazy thing. Uh, the crazy thing is uh, in the two games against the Leafs, he was so freaking good. Yes. So my my vision of him is he's this. Uh, he it's funny. He's not unlike Mike Smith, uh, in that his numbers kind of suck, and every now and then he decides. By the way, you're losing tonight. Jonathan Quick went at his height, right? Yeah, I am allowing maximum one goal tonight, and you can go frig off. Yeah, Pecorine is also the king of that. Pecorine, uh, but he does. Uh, Pecorine does it for an entire season, not just a couple games. Yeah, he sure. does it season on, season off. If you want to score against me, you're going to have to wait at least eighteen months. <laughs> and then you can do it like all you want. Then you can do it all you want for the next two years. Did you see the game? Did you see the 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 Florida matchup today? With Tampa and the Panthers? I saw that Brian Boyle and Mikhail Sergachev fought. Yeah, yeah which that. is weird. Weren't yeah. they not teammates at a certain point? Anyway. I um, don't think so. Yeah. I, I saw Tampa was playing really good. Playing really and well. Bobrovsky was definitely not. No. So yeah. that will be an interesting one the contract's a disaster. There's a, I, I know we'll get to it, but there's a couple teams here who I look at and I'm like, you didn't show up to this bubble taking this seriously. No. You know, Montreal to- is one of them. Florida's kind of on that list for me. We'll just put our skates on and have a good time and take a few more months off, baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, but, so do we have an answer? Talbot with the 917 this year who had a bad night last night? Or do you go with Riddich? I'm asking Steve. I'm asking Jesse. I want you guys. We're all going to make a choice. Steve, go. Big save, Dave. Big save, Dave. Whoa. Jesse, who do you go with? Uh, You dance with the girl who you came with. So you're going with Dave. Wow. Yeah. Guys, I'm dropping that girl, and I'm going with the one I didn't come with, <laughs> Talbot. You know why? That's hilarious. Because he's been waiting, and he's, been re- he's reinvented himself. He's had a good season. I know it's been four months, so everything could change. It's like another offseason. But he – a 9-17 save percentage, you cannot ignore 10 save percentage points, even in a short series. Yeah. That's a and better think- argument. It's a better Sorry. argument than the one I was going to make, which is, well, he used to play for the Oilers. Hey, Cam, how do you stop McDavid? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, like he has not, the answer to he that. He doesn't have to play the Oilers, though. He's got to play the Jets. And I don't right. think that that's, and we'll get into that. 
later on. I don't think the Jets are a great matchup for the Flames. No. Um, but um, and also I, I um, I've got a couple notes from that, but we're gonna save those because that pushes us into projection territory a little bit. Uh, lastly, the game wasn't on in Canada. Uh, but if you were able to legally stream it, if you weren't in the local area, because the NHL streaming rules are absolutely ridiculous. Hey, here, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a package that allows me to watch every game except for my team, except for my local team. Uh-huh. I'm excited. The blackout uh, restrictions are dropped for the playoffs. Oh, are they? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you buy certain packages from Sportsnet. Oh, yeah. so there you go. Yeah. Love that. Go ahead. I believe you. I also have Sportsnet on and TSN on you know, my streaming so I can just watch whatever. But I just do find it a bit strange that people are like, hey, I'm in the Pittsburgh area and I bought NHL and I can't watch Pittsburgh games. It's great. Love it. You know that? With the blackout, Steve? No, I saw uh, people complaining about it, but I had a baby scream at me, so I didn't know. No, okay. Well, <laughs> what happens? Um, Connor Sheary scored his first ever NHL goal in the month of July. So that's good. <laughs> I think it was the first ever for yeah, the no, whole it was the NHL. First ever. It was the first ever, but it's not because it doesn't count. So it's that's not. Yeah, no. um, but uh, Penguins lost three to two in overtime to the Flyers. Uh, not a lot of emotion in this game. Some great skill. Is there anything that you take away from this, or is it just kind of two teams warming up because they're not even in the play-in, right? They're the guys. They're like kind of just. Sorry, the Flyers are not in the play-in, right? They're just going to goof around with the other top teams for a couple games. Right. No, they scored the overtime winner and didn't even look like they cared. Like I, like Ron McLean was zeroed in on, okay, there's been a storyline, is Sidney Crosby 100% healthy? Here's a few plays of his, and yep, looks so. Looks, looks like he's healthy, so good. Like, that's right. to me, that's the main thing. You know what I was uh, t- uh, texting someone about during that game? The Penguins essentially got Jason Zucker – there's two examples of this, I think, in the NHL. The Penguins essentially got Jason Zucker because Jake Gensel was out for the season. Now they get to have both. Right. And the Vancouver Canucks did something similar where they got Tyler Toffoli to basically replace Brock Besser, and now they have both. Yeah. Very, Which, very by interesting. The way, apparently, they're consider- – and again, I'm trying to keep away from the contract talk, but apparently they like Tyler Toffoli so much – they're going to try to re-sign him and potentially trade Brock Besser. Oh. <laughs> Always bet on BIM. Always bet on BIM. Nah, they said it was fake. They said it was fake. So oh, God. Yeah. Come on, uh, BIM. Let's... Entertain me, BIM. <laughs> Your boy, BIM. All right. So we're going to get into predictions now, guys. So we're going to start with the Eastern Conference. All I'm right. going to ask you not only who is going to win the series, but how many games it's going to take them to win it. We've got, starting with the Eastern Conference, Pittsburgh Penguins and Montreal Canadiens. It's a best of five. Steve, kicking it off with you, who do you give it to and in how many games? Uh, I give it to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they are going to turn the Montreal Canadiens into a near-drinkable pulp. Um, it's it's going to be three games. It's going to be gross. It's going to be disgusting. Jesse, same question. I got, I got Pittsburgh. I got uh, four games. Because I'll give Montreal one, but yes, why? Pittsburgh. Well, because... I, I will answer that question. <laughs> because Carey Price will have a good game. Bingo! Bingo. Carey good... Price steals one for sure. If, if you play, if you're gonna play uh, a couple games, Carey Price is bound to have an outstanding game, mm-hmm. um, and Max Domi or someone will show up and score a couple goals for him, and they'll win one. I had no idea Jonathan Drouin was playing last night. I watched that entire game. I, did, I had no idea. I don't think they called his name out on the like. I don't. I don't think, think he they even did. Said his name. 
Did he like barely play? Did he get hurt or? Oh, it was yeah. not a nice game for the Montreal. You mean, sorry, you mean top line center Jonathan Drouin? That's right. Yeah. Remember did that he, was on, on the first goal. Did you notice how when that breakout pass was hit to Tavares, they had four. They had four guys inside of the blue line, like their own yeah. the offensive zone, and they're just one defenseman back. It's like starting yeah. the game, they didn't. They weren't yeah. there. But like, like that's that's. That's just slop. I mean, the Leafs did that all regular season long, so I, I can't hold it that's against fair. the Montreal yeah. Canadiens. That's a good point. Yeah, that's only one <laughs> exhibition game. I don't say yeah. I can't say I blame them. Okay, yeah. and I'm going to give it to Penguins in four as well. And the only reason I'm going to do that is for the same reason, Jesse, is can't, um, Carey Price can steal you a game. I'm not sure in this series he can steal you a series, but I do have a question before we move on. If for some reason the Montreal Canadiens are able to win this series, don't think it's going to happen, cap it out at about 10%. Other than Carey Price, what's going to be the X factor for them? Like, who needs to be big for them other than Carey Price? Because that's every game all the time for the rest of eternity. Carey Price needs to be big for the Canadians. For, well, for them to even take the ice, Philip Deneau has to be their best player because uh, he's their best and arguably only uh, true center. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to be in a shutdown role against an unshutdownable team. So how the hell do you work that out? He's going to be either getting Crosby or Malkin or Jared McCann. Have fun. Um, so for me, it's, he's going to have to get help on the wing. And you know what? The Habs did not start the season that bad. And they were getting a career season out of a guy who I didn't even know was playing last night. And that guy was Jonathan Drouin. They, I know Max, Max Domi's a good player. Brendan Gallagher is a good player. Philip Deneau is a good player. Shea Weber is a good player. Jeff Petrie is a good player. Carey Price is a good player. Drouin. Drouin, when he shows up, is really, really good. And when he doesn't, he's invisible. It's got to be Drouin. Moving on to the next series, Carolina Hurricanes and New York Rangers. I'm going to ask you who's going to take the series and in how many games, starting with you, Steve. Oh, boy. Um, This is a very tough one and an interesting one because – uh, the Rangers have Carolina's first round pick, I believe. Yeah. Because at do. the deadline, they acquired Brady Shea and yeah. also Vincent Trocek. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and also Sammy Vatanen. Um, I think, yeah, in my, uh, I'm going to stick to what I said in my video for Sportsnet, although I'm starting to feel pretty stupid about it. I said the Rangers would actually beat the Hurricanes. I think the Hurricanes, if they get past the Rangers, have what it takes to go very far. I think mm-hmm. both teams in this series are extremely good. The Carolina Hurricanes are an extremely good team. But the way the New York Rangers were chugga-chugga-chugging up the standings. Uh, and they before, have three goalies, too. Mm-hmm. And they have three goalies, which they didn't have in the early part of the season when they weren't in the playoff race, but they were climbing and DJ Z bad was climbing and Artemi Panarin was amazing. It just sucks that they lost Brady Shea. One one of the ideas I had is like, you should have the option to take it back. (laughs) Like it'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Or like just for the, they should make a thing where like, all right, Brady Shea is not allowed to play in this series. (laughs) No, no. You know what I mean? I, I said the Rangers, I, I said that on a hunch. I know it's going to be the Hurricanes, but what I'm going to say the Rangers. I'm not well, going and that's to- what makes it so special. And I'm just leaning off camera here because the games have already started. Carolina, I believe, no, 
They've been yeah. playing this the whole time. I yeah, the, Washington and yeah. Carolina are playing right now. Just in a, not an actual game. But. It's cruel and unusual punishment. That uh, Minnesota, Colorado has been going on, I think, the entire time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Steve, or sorry, Jesse, who do you take? Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. You know what? I trust my hockey expert friend, Steve Dangle, and I agree with him. Wow. I'm go with the Rangers in five. I think I top to bottom, <laughs> they're very underrated, especially with the three goalie situation. I, if, if one guy doesn't step up, you have two other guys who can literally uh, be game breakers for you. Also, Zabinajad and Panarin is just, nobody appreciates that. And I think if they show up, uh, Carolina doesn't really have they – have, they have their defense is a strength for sure, but I'm going to bet on those guys in, in New York. Wow. I don't yeah. know if I've ever sat on a panel where two other people have been so wrong. But here oh, we are. I know. Here we I, are. I know damn well I'm wrong, but I don't guys, care. Guys, Carolina takes this series, mm-hmm. and they take it in four because I'll give the Rangers one because I agree with you. They are an underrated team, and if you give them a full season playing – the way they had been halfway through the season, that's a playoff team, no they question. Make the playoffs. Uh, yep. Jeff Gordon deserves GM of the year. That guy's done an amazing job turning this franchise around, grabbing Panarin. I mean, the city helps. It's kind of great to have the, you know, one of the best cities in the world behind you. Panarin's a fabulous pickup. He's such a great player. Chicago, I'm sure you definitely would make that Brandon Sod trade again. Anyway, I digress. The reason Carolina's going to win this series, guys, one name, Jacob freaking Slavin. Jacob Slavin, who should have won, he should be winning the Norris Trophy. There shouldn't even be other people in the nomination. It should be Jacob. He's not even nominated. Nominated for the Lady Bing at very least. Oh, that's great. Maybe above Don't others. So nice to give him the Lady Bing because everybody grows up and goes, man, I just want to win that Lady Bing. Jacob Slavin is, to me, top three defenseman in the NHL, probably the best one this year. In my opinion, Jacob Slavin is the reason that the New York Rangers are going to freak out. I don't uh, think the New York Rangers are ready for Jacob Slavin at all because there are other great players on that team, including Dougie Hamilton, great goaltending, and you've got, you know, because you've got, a, uh, you've got a, a, a fantastically balanced team with Carolina. With the Rangers, they're still incomplete. Carolina's been right there forever. This is New York's first time being kind of right there. Well, we're happy to be here. Here's Adam. Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. Oh, hold on, hold on. Jacob Slavin. Convince me that James Reimer or Peter Morazic can stop the offensive firepower of the New York Rangers. Peter Morazic. Tell me. Tell me oh, how man. that's going to happen. I'm not going to try with James Reimer because I think <laughs> – Because I think we know James Reimer. And we love James Reimer. But James yeah. Reimer is a very good secondary goalie on a team. Right? Is that fair? Like, really, truly. Okay, so Steve's already mad at me. Okay. And he's not even saying anything. He's put his mic off. So now you're putting right. Peter Morazic in there. Peter Morazic, when Peter Morazic is on, is another goalie that you go, holy shit, unstoppable. And, of course, we only saw this because when Detroit would play Toronto, Peter Morazic would be in that. We're like, well, this will be a cakewalk. And then he just decides to show up. We saw Peter him allow 10 goals in person, Adam. Yeah. We did see that against the shittiest Detroit team since this year's Detroit team. Like, that was the second shittiest Detroit team I've ever seen in my life. This year's was the worst. Peter Morazic. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at Peter Morazic's number. If you guys don't think. They, were, they weren't good. 
I'm stuck. He had a 905 save percentage. Does it matter? Look at Carolina. It you does. Wanted, what's James Reimer at? I'd say both are, are great versus the Rangers. Shut up. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying Carolina's goaltending might struggle versus the Rangers. And Panarin might roof a couple top corner and uh, pick I up don't, three wins. And you, and you could be right. James Reimer, by the way, is a 914. Not bad. I think I, I, I still think Peter Morazic's the X factor over James Reimer. Just throwing it out there. But their defense all the way down, those top six are un. Yeah. Un, you can't compare any yeah. other defensive yeah. squad to that, so it doesn't matter. And they can score, so it doesn't matter. And that's where I think, you know, the Rangers are a couple of lines. The Carolina Hurricanes are an entire team. That's how I feel. Without goaltending. Okay. <laughs> One goal. It's not a swing. <laughs> Nothing. You can't have everything, man. We're mad at you for different reasons. <laughs> what is it, Steve? What is it? Uh, okay, here's how I know I'm wrong and you're right, Adam. Okay. Uh, I think the Rangers could win on a hunch, but if they do win, they're not going to go anywhere. If the Hurricanes win, mm-hmm. they could make it all the way to all the, way. the final. Yeah. yeah, all the way. I think that's a hell of a team, man. But I've thought that for years, and uh, they've never come through for me. So we'll see. Uh, New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. Sorry, there's a gigantic motorcycle driving by my house. Uh, oh. New York Islanders, Florida Panthers. Based on what we've seen from Bobrovsky today, mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on the series? How far does it go? This could either be a very exciting series because I like the intensity of the New York Islanders, oh, or yeah. it could be where fun goes to die. Uh, because the oh man, we, tor- oh my god, the coaches. We we the talked coach- about uh, trots. We we and? talked about we talked about uh, Quinville. Oh Quinville, Trotz thank you. Quinville. Trotz and Quenville, but all the Islanders had was structure. We're talking about a team that the Toronto Maple Leafs shut out with Michael Hutchinson and net, mm. right? They, if you play a certain way, I, they, they play just this smothering defensive, ugh, this bucket of ugh that I just hate watching. But here's the thing. They had trouble scoring goals and they're going up against Sergei Bobrovsky. It's their best shot at scoring right? goals. The Panthers should just play with six skaters. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's he's been awful. So okay, uh, the, and what's, but the Panthers are fun, so but also you, not good. Who do you give it to this series? The Islanders, but in how many games? Four. I give the Panthers one because their offense is is so good. But you know who the biggest losers in the series are? Us. What, driving to watch it? Dude, I, I, I just look at I look at all the series and I'm like, do I have to watch this one? Yeah, that one's a blurg. That one's like, uh, I, I, I know. I, even announcing it, I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> both teams have fun potential. The Islanders right. are a fun team to watch when they're pissed off. And the Panthers are a fun team to watch with like Barkov and Huberto when, when they're going off. But, oh, do I have to with that series? Uh, Jesse. I'm going to go with the Islanders in three. And I'm going to – because you rarely see sweeps in NHL playoffs. It's a weird thing. But I'm going to say the Panthers don't really show up because they don't get goaltending. Uh, offense struggles randomly. And the Islanders just play good structured hockey. They were so bad before the pause, too. Yeah. They were yeah. awful. Yeah. So, 
Um, I'm going to go. This is our first unanimous pick in terms of team. I say Islanders in three. I think they're going to steamroll the Panthers. Absolutely steamroll them. Uh, the one thing I will say, if the Panthers have a shot, first off, Bobrovsky's got to stop something at some point. He's got to be better than Martin Jones, okay? Just be better than Martin Jones. <laughs> but also, Vinny Trotsky. You're setting the bar very low. I know. Well, he's played that low. Vinny Trotsky, to me, is an X factor for the Panthers. That guy comes out. I mean, obviously, we know Barkov. No, he's, he, he's gone now. He's, he's gone. Hurricanes. Now. <gasps> That's right. He's on the he's Hurricanes. hurricanes. Actually, oh, so oh. This is this Hurricanes was a, are all the way to the finals. I forgot. Adam, this was a fun factor with the bracket that I did with Justin Bourne is everyone forgot everything that happened at the trade deadline. Trocek is no longer on the Panthers. He's on the Hurricanes. And... Jean-Gabriel Pajot is on the Islanders. That's right. I do remember that, which was a good pickup for them because they needed some center depth. And he did well in – I think he might have only played one game, and he was really good in that game. But if I'm not mistaken, he got into a fight, and they also lost. Dude. Yeah. They don't have any draw check. Okay, yeah. They don't have no, any draw your toast, man. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> um, and, Car- man, do I feel better about my Carolina pick? Not that I needed to, but damn. Holy- they loaded up. Yeah, they loaded would- up because they were injured as hell, and now they're not. I really hope that the Carolina and I hope Carolina and Toronto don't make or don't miss or don't make each other. They don't play each other in the final because I can't bear to see the Leafs be edged out by the Hurricanes yet again for the Stanley Cup finals. I have already seen that once in my life. I don't need to see it again. Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets. Gentlemen, how do you think this series goes starting with you, Steve? Uh, I think I even said before the pause, I said – if the Leafs ever have to play the Columbus Blue Jackets in a playoff series, they're going to struggle because Columbus uh, is kind of the rock to their scissors. But I just don't think it's going to be as big a factor because everyone is super sloppy. I think we've seen that with the warm-up games. Um, you know, with with extra intensity, even even though they got guys back because Columbus was injured too. Seth Jones probably being their biggest injury and getting him back is huge. With added structure. Um, I'd give them a better chance against the Leafs, but I just think skill is going to be such a factor. The Leafs win. The Leafs should beat these guys. They have no excuse not to. And in how many games? I'm going to say... I'll say four, just because it's difficult to bet too hard on the Leafs' defense. But there's... This isn't me being a blind Leaf fan. Like, you have to have confidence in this team that they can at least beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. And if they can't, like I said, you got to look at making some big changes. You don't have to trade Mitch Marner, but you got to make some big changes. Because this team clearly can't do it. (laughs) Jesse. If they can't beat him, they can't do it. Did Steve just tell us he wants us to trade Mitch Marner? He will on Monday when the Leafs lose game one, Sunday night on Sportsnet. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's low-key. He's low-key like the new William Nylander every trade proposal guy. Yeah. It's well, not going to happen. No, it's Stop especially it. not at $11 million or almost no. 12. No, he's it, not going to get moved. It's Stop not it. happening. Um, also, frankly, would as much as I, there, I have said, I think this season, I was like, I'm ready to turf this dude. Uh, not because because I was not thrilled with the way it was going. Uh, Mitch Marner on your team is always greater than Mitch Marner not on your team. And this is a guy that does love playing here. And, you know, we talked to Chris Johnston about this. Uh, it certainly was a tough start to the season for him. And he was a little upset with how the fans and media treated him. And you could say what you want about that because we've already had our opinions on that and where yeah. they're well stated. And I think I'm, some of that was drawn by his camp. I'm over it. Over it. 
Mitch Marner, wa- Mitch Marner is living your dream, and he's living my dream. He's getting paid an obnoxious amount of money to play for the best team in the world. So I think Mitch Marner b- belongs here. Let's just throw that out there. Jesse, go ahead. What's your prediction? <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Toronto Maple Leafs in five because I think it's gonna take them a little bit just to get it together. Because we've seen consistently over and over again with this team is that they'll have it all one night and then the next night they'll poop the bed. You know, and I don't see that changing just because they've had a little break here. So I see them struggling a couple games, but then eventually winning the series. And hopefully this is a precursor for the Leafs getting it together for a nice solid playoff run. That's how I see it playing out. They struggle maybe a little bit in a couple games versus Columbus, but then the offense just kind of takes off. The defense will never be there because it's not there. The guys don't exist on this team. But they're going to win on the back of Frederick Anderson turning it on, which I think he will do because of the consistent play. He seems to be really good at that. And then the offense turning it up. So I see that happening. I see them getting it together by the end of the series and then going on a nice little run after this. It's going to be hilarious when Jack Campbell plays game five. Before I Shut give up. My answer, Not happening. <laughs> Steve, before I give you my answer, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to run through some game ones with you. Mm. 2017, Leafs, Capitals, game one. Who wins, who loses? Leafs scored the first two goals, blew it, and Tom Wilson won it in overtime mm-hmm. for the Capitals. 2018, Leafs-Bruins. Who lost? Mm. Oh, Leafs got friggin' killed. Uh, right. Because Six. Nazem Kadri tried to kill a man. 6 nothing or 6-2? One of the two. Well, the first two games were off. It was bad. That's all I know. The next year, 2019, Leafs-Bruins. Who wins the game? Leafs play their best playoff game in I don't even know how long and actually beat the Bruins in Boston. Mitch Marner scored on a penalty shot. Bingo. What we've seen from Freddie Anderson in the last few years is growth at the start of something. So those first two, especially that first October, when, we had, when they had two wins, remember that? Oh. That first October, they only had two wins with Freddie Anderson, and people were asking Mike Babcock, is Freddie really the guy? And he's like, oh, no, he's the guy. And he was, and he is the guy. Freddie Anderson throughout the regular seasons has gotten better and better and better off the jump from right away because he has committed to getting into better shape, working on skills, all the things that you need to do as a pro athlete to continue to get better. I think we're going to see the same thing in the playoffs. I think we're going to see a Freddie Anderson ready to go. And as Nick, Nick Kiprio said four years ago on this show, the Leafs live and die on what Freddie Anderson does. And I believe that the Leafs will take the Columbus Blue Jackets in four games. I definitely think there's going to be a speed bump in there somewhere. I don't even know if they're going to win Sunday. I know Freddie Anderson's going to play well, but don't be surprised if the Leafs do not score on Sunday. Don't be surprised. At all? Wow. Don't be surprised. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying they may need a game or two to figure out these Columbus Blue Jackets defensive schemes. They I think have, we're going to see very few shutouts. Wow. They, That's they wow. Wow. Way, way, way more skill than Columbus, but Tortorella taught Sheldon Keefe. Tortorella was his coach. Yeah, and now and now Keefe's not playing anymore, and he's in the – so Tortorella's I'm a bad saying, coach. That's how I it feel works. like Torts might know what's going on in Sheldon Keefe's head, and I would love to see I, – I, I can't wait to see Steve's reaction if the Leafs lose game one. I can't wait, oh. especially how they lose game one. If Freddie Anderson stands on his head and they can't score, Monday is going to be a fun show. And by the, the way, that's going to be our next show. The Leafs – if the Leafs lose game one, it shouldn't be a problem. 
Like no, they no. should they should win this series even if they lose game one. And I you can definitely see them losing game one. They, right. they should win this series, period. Yes. Yep. But they often don't show up right away. And that's that's a curse with the team. And I think we need to know that going ahead is that it's not the end of the world if they drop game one. It will be to Steve though. It will be to Steve. <laughs> reigning M, uh, reigning NBA champion Toronto Raptors, game one. Against the Orlando Magic. They got, they got destroyed by Terrence Ross. Yeah. They lost. Terrence Ross dropped a bunch of threes for no reason in the Magic people. <laughs> that Terrence was the thing with Ross. Terrence Ross. <laughs> and you know who had zero points in Kyle the first Lowry. game where I wore his jersey ever? Kyle Lowry. He had zero points in that game. Yeah. And then he got 11 in the first, like, three minutes against Golden State in yeah. game six. I remember uh, uh, Sid, Sid, Tim and Sid, uh, Sid just – because he, he – he made it a point of going after Kyle Lowry a little bit last year, and boy, after game one, did he go after him? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think Dude. I think Lowry must have seen it because, or he just is Kyle Lowry and ice cold because he came out and just exploded the next game. He needed that game to happen, dude. Because I remember he got a foul, and he still had zero points at this point, and he gets a foul, and everyone cheers because they're like, he's gonna get one, and then he missed the first one, and everyone you could feel the whole building go, oh my god, he's gonna miss. Both. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think what was amazing about all that too is that Lowry had scoring issues in the playoffs leading up to that, to the, you know, like the entire, the entire time he'd been a Raptor, him and DeMar would just, it, they would just stop being him and DeMar yeah. fixed it. in the playoffs. And that fixed was part it. of the <laughs> Western Conference, Edmonton Oilers, Chicago Blackhawks. This is a really interesting matchup because Chicago ultimately, like Montreal, probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> However, they've got this could be the last playoff for that that Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Corey Crawford, uh core because obviously Brent Seabrook is not playing. Um depends. So on do you go with experience or do you go with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? Uh I thought the Oilers were going to win in 2 because uh they made it sound like Corey Crawford wasn't going to play. Right. And they and don't have Robin, Robin Leonard Leonard. anymore. That's they right. traded him to Vegas, and he was a leaf for a hot minute, which means their starting goalie, I believe, would have been Malcolm Subban. Mm-hmm. Now, he had an amazing game against the Leafs this season. Dude, that guy's not Robin Leonard. He's not Corey Crawford, or at least Corey Crawford when he's on. Now, Corey Crawford is there, and like, did I misread? Did he at one point have COVID? And now he's yes, back, he and that's he why he was at home. Yeah. Okay. For two weeks. But, okay, so even if he's fully recovered and everything's fine, then that took away from his preparation time. And you're preparing for the hardest thing you can possibly prepare for as a goaltender, which is facing Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. So uh, what do you say? Blackhawks, uh, Blackhawks or Oilers in how many games? Oilers in three. Easy. Jesse. Easy. Oilers in three because I'm not betting against Connor McDavid for this entire playoffs. Ooh. I think Edmonton is poised for a deep run. Because McDavid, everybody keeps saying he has never looked better in his entire career. And I think he's not even peaking. Plus, uh, I don't think the Blackhawks are ready for the playoffs. Because they were never supposed to be in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, we were like, hey, here's some playoffs for you, Mr. Yeah. Hey, we need to oh, – local television. <laughs> Woo! Uh, right. not, so, not the greatest defensive depth. The only way they stand a chance is if they, like – Velcro Duncan Keith to Connor McDavid the whole series and and uh, to be fair Duncan Keith's had a bit of a resurgence this season he's been been much better was Instagram uh, scary 
Is Instagram scary? Oh, he's in amazing shape. Yeah. Um, but, uh, gonna... but Edmonton, has, they've become more than McDavid at this point. Yeah. When yes, Drysdale's up for the heart. And like Yamamoto's up, who's looking yep. great. Well, and you've got Clefbaum and and Darnell Nurse and some really strong people on defense as well. Like it's uh, it's it's a uh, that's a much more complete team than those two guys. It's just yeah. they're, they're the only they're the story every night. And Did James Neal Pul- isn't in Calgary, so he plays well. Yeah, yep. crazy. <laughs> He's been decent. Did you see Pulleyrv uh, doing a bit of a walk back today? Yeah, same way. They got a new GM and coach, so I might sign it. Edmonton never next. say never. No man, he should have put his pride aside. Should have put his pride aside. You could have been a part of this, man. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, he's learned his lesson. Also, if I were him and they had tried to make me play through double hip surgery, which they – remember, he had that last year. Remember? I wouldn't have signed with them either. He was right to leave. He was right to leave. But I think it now's time to come back. Sure. It's time to come back. Sure. But they had to earn that, man. Yes. <laughs> like, no, they did. They 100% did. Disaster. You're absolutely right. 12 months ago. Disaster. Totally. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to just say my quick prediction on the uh, Oilers and Blackhawks. I'm going to say Oilers in three. I don't even know how many goals the Blackhawks score. Like, I think this is going to be – remember when they played Nashville? Four. And everybody's like, well, that seems like an even series. And Nashville just kicked them around like it was nothing. I don't think Chicago scores more than three goals in this series. I'm serious. Like, I just I think they'll I just, score, but they'll – Maybe DeBrincat gets a couple, but, like, I really don't know – like who's gonna score for you? Taze is not a big. Sco- I know Kane. That guy couldn't even beat me. There, but like, it's right. gonna be. Is it gonna be Alex Nylander? You know, is it gonna be Brandon Saad? Like, I don't think so. Um, uh, Edmonton in three. Uh, that's the first time that we've been unanimous on our games and picks, sirs. Hey, hey I want to. Uh, I want to ask you something, Adam. What? The Blackhawks have a guy who was nominated for the Calder. What's his name? No idea. Kubalik. Oh, yeah. The guy had over 30 goals. He, he had the most – it's weird. The Blackhawks get all the attention in the world, but, like, only three guys? He gets nothing. He can gets I, nothing. Can I tell you why it's ridiculous that he's nominated for the heart, or for the Calder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? He's 24. We have another uh, Panarin situation. I'm okay with And it. it's Chicago again. It's Chicago. Yeah, Always. No They'll trade him for some middling guy very, very soon, guys. Don't well, you it, the good news is they can't trade him for Brandon Saad. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> or, or they, they trade Brandon Saad again and they'll get him back. You know, we got to take one more swing at it. Yeah. Brandon hey, Saad. can you hold this? All right, thank you. Can we... <laughs> no offense oh. to Brandon Saad. He's just, it just wasn't a fair deal. Full offense to Brandon Saad. No. It's, not, it's not Brandon Sod's fault. No, it's not. Are you, you guys are cool with the 24-year-old getting a call there? No. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I think if yeah. it's your first year, it's a, your rookie year. I don't care how old you are. What if I know you're people, 30? I, who cares? It's your first year. You're a rookie. Greenhorn, baby. Doesn't matter. I don't like the caveats that they put on it. Like, Gretzky was never rookie of the year because he had previously played pro. Frig off. Yeah, and then Ray Bork won it, which should, you know, he should had a Austin year. Matthews be disqualified for his rookie season? They changed well, the that, rules. Based on that logic, yes, but no. No. <laughs> it's very confusing. No. no, but remember, this is 1980s NHL logic where they had just absorbed the WHA and they were very proud of that because they'd been legitimately threatened by the WHA in the 70s. And they were like, no. It's, and then they were also trying to legitimize four franchises that they took from the WHA. So it's like, well, that, that was pro hockey too. These count. So it's stupid and terrible logic and should never Ooh. have happened. And Gratsky was the best rookie that year. No offense to Raymond Bork. But we all know Raymond who the best Bork. rookie on the ice was. Yes. Um, uh, Nashville Predators, Arizona Coyotes. This will be a very 
interesting series. You had both teams up and down years, some struggle scoring. Who do you give it to, Steve? Uh, this is very difficult because the Coyotes were a very good team when they had both Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta playing. They were low-key, one of the better uh, goaltending tandems in the NHL. Uh, Taylor Hall, a little bit of a comeback. Uh, they still have Phil Kessel. We had a bit of a down season. I, I think Arizona's goaltending, if it's healthy and it's on, can definitely steal this series. But I got to give it to Nashville just based on seniority. <laughs> um, Been there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th I think um, – but I, I will say this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carve another team later in this conversation. I am tired of Nashville being the Western team that cries wolf. I am so tired of every year – or like this is their year, and have you noticed we've stopped doing it? Well, they yeah, they legitimately yeah. got close. They got close. They went to the Stanley Cup final. You can never take that away from them. But then after that, what noise have they made? Somebody had to take San Jose's spot. And there were and there was another team. Oh, just you wait. There was another team. To be fair to both, they had some pretty stiff competition. <laughs> like they, the West yes. was pretty strong for a yeah. lot of years. Ask St. Louis Blues fans if they got any slack. They didn't. Oh, we keep running into who gives a shit. Go home. You lost. And then last year they won. They but what? Boston's good. So if who they are had you lost giving to Boston. To? Well, they ran into Boston. So who are you giving it to? I give it to Nashville. In? five jesse blake this is a, this is a tough one like yeah. i don't know if there's a wrong answer here honestly because i don't know what either of these teams are jesse blake what do you think yeah admittedly i don't i don't know a whole ton about nashville and arizona but i like the idea of arizona finally gearing up to go for it this season and it working out a little bit mm. i like the idea <laughs> right after the is Besides, John Tuka there anymore? I, I missed all I that. It's, no, he's done. Not. Yeah, no. So he is done. He's yeah, done. he's out. He's out. I knew there was the something statement? wrong. No, I don't think so. Was there a statement? Oh, it was crazy. I was wondering why we hadn't talked about it. Yeah, yeah I've been yeah. a bit distracted. Okay, so You talk about it, I'm going to look it up. Okay, so uh, Jesse, who continue. Sorry. Um, I'm going to go with Arizona because I like the idea of Cheka gearing up to finally go for it, making that trailer, Taylor Hall deal, getting Phil Kessel, uh, Ranta or Kemper, whoever one they want to go with, actually playing well, you know? And I like the idea of them knocking off Nashville in this first round, hopefully in uh, five games. I'll pick it five games. And so, yeah, Arizona's my pick. And um, the Cheka situation we'll get to. Yeah, so we will get to that. Let me just make my quick predictions here first. And the reason I say I don't know what these teams are is because every time I've seen them, they've been different. Each time I watch the Coyotes or the Predators play this year, they've been different. Sometimes you see the Nashville of old, although they can't score. They're missing whatever James Neal was in 2016. They're missing that. Uh, and they've tried to solve that, and they haven't been able to solve that. They just cannot score. Uh, Arizona, got guys that can score. Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, come on. Can't score. They put on a Coyotes jersey. I don't know what happened to my skills. They're gone. Now, I think that the potential that Arizona has in scoring is going to be the edge in this series. Bill Kessel and Taylor Hall need to show up. Oliver Ekman-Larsen, you already know he will. 
Darcy Kemper, pretty darn good goaltender. And if you can't get him playing well, Antti Ranta is not bad either because Antti Ranta, remember, was supposed to be the starter. There are good players on both sides here. If Pecorine is anything other than spectacular, Arizona wins this series in four. And I'm going to give it to Arizona uh, in four games. That's what I think is going to be the deal. I actually think offense is going to be the – I know that's a big hot take, but I think Taylor Hall showing up for this series because he definitely needs to with this new contract on the thing. And Phil Kessel's been a disappointment. And I think he's a good playoff performer. We've seen it. He, the one time he got to the playoffs with the Leafs, the two times he was there with the, uh, you know, winning the cup with the, uh, the Penguins, outstanding in the playoffs. I would love to see Arizona and their fans. They deserve this. Sorry, Nashville. You know I freaking love you. But I think of this course. is Arizona's time. So, yeah, Steve. Um, now, I did sort of – I did see a little bit about John Shaka being offered a job outside of hockey and then the Coyotes being cool with him – Interviewing for with him, the then, uh, it's the Devils. They, oh, it's with the Devils. Yeah. Yeah. Now is but that it, the rumor, Jesse, or was that confirmed? So it's it's base it's confirmed but not confirmed because they can't uh, I think legally or technically say anything. What but happened? The idea is he got offered the Devils job, but the job would have been more than uh, team president. So there was a rule in his contract where he couldn't leave for like a lateral move. It needs to be an upgrade and kind of have more more titles so he had to have gmn president or something like that yes so new jersey actually the new jersey uh group who's gonna who owns a a premier league team i believe and they're also going to own an mls team and they own part of a football team i'm not sure which one uh might be the steelers not sure um but those guys want to talk they wanted to talk to chica to bring him in to run this little that he'd be president of hockey plus a couple other things. Wow. Arizona told him he wasn't allowed to go talk to them for the interview. He wasn't even allowed to talk. So, yeah. So did he quit? So then he quit. (laughs) Yes. So here, I'm going to read. I have a bunch of tweets. Uh, They are fantastic. I'm going to say. Steve, your microphone's a little bit muffled too. Just throwing that out there. Great. How's that? Fantastic. Uh, so this is from Kent Summers, who works for the uh, Arizona Republic. Latest on GM John Chaka's status with the Coyotes, per NHL source. John Chaka terminated his contract 48 hours ago. I have no idea what the team is doing at this point. Um, Craig Morgan uh, wrote a, an article, and the uh, line to bring you in is an NHL source says, John Chaka is a liar and a quitter. Um Ghost Hoffa put together a series of tweets. This one from Craig Morgan. NHL source, John Chaka is a liar and a quitter. Uh, from John Gambadoro, this Yotes Chaka situation could get very ugly. Apparently, opportunity for Chaka to go back to the East was for a lot more money. This is what Jesse was talking about. Could Yotes look for compensation? Is this breach of contract? Could be some legal battles upcoming. From an NHL source, Chaka lied to Coyotes about his opportunity with another team that it was non-hockey related. Yotes would have never given him permission to leave if it was for a hockey job. He quit on the players, coaches, and staff as team prepared to depart for Edmonton. The timing sucks, let's yeah. be honest. And just to, just to correct myself, it was the uh, the owner of the Devils owns the 76ers. It was a Pennsylvania team, but it was the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers. And then Crystal Palace in the Premier League. That's a pretty big team. Yeah. This is their official actual statement as Coyotes. Out. 
this is from the Coyotes, uh, yeah. as tweeted out by Chris Johnson. The Arizona Coyotes issued the following statement today regarding John Chaka. John Chaka has quit as general manager and president of hockey operations of the Arizona Coyotes. The club is disappointed in his actions and his timing as the Coyotes prepare to enter the NHL's hub city of Edmonton, where the team will begin uh, postseason play for the first time since 2012. Chaka has chosen to quit on a strong and competitive team, a dedicated staff, and the Arizona Coyotes fans, the greatest fans in the NHL. Well, they're not, but sorry. <laughs> the club is I'm the sorry. ones that Why are Why do we say that? Are. Stop that shit. The, Come the, on. The club is moving forward, and his name Steve Sullivan is interim uh, general manager. You keep it down. Uh, he has the full support of the organization, including team ownership, executive leadership, players, and coaches. The club will have no further comment on the matter as the club remains focused on the opportunity to pursue a Stanley Cup. You know what this it smells seemed of? biting. Yes. You know, who's the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers? Jesse, you remember his name? Dan Gilbert. Yeah, Dan Gilbert, owner of also the Washington Football Club. Or is he? Is it, I believe, maybe I, I believe him wrong. Maybe, well, I think it's Dan Gilbert, isn't it? Does he own both? I thought it was Dan Snyder. Oh, Dan Snyder. Oh, Damn. Dan Snyder. There you go. But anyway, forget that part. Dan, Dan Gilbert threw a hissy fit when LeBron left. He and he said, Benedict Arnold. called him Benedict Arnold and then said, we will win the championship here before LeBron ever wins one in Miami. They didn't even make the playoffs. No. So, you know, I think in this particular situation, you've got a Coyotes group that is admittedly small, right? The ownership group on down. It's a smaller staff than a lot of NHL teams have. And that has to do with the fact that they just don't have a lot of market share of Arizona sports. As I told you, I went down there for my honeymoon back in the day, and I asked the person at the car rental place, hey, where do the Coyotes play? And she said, don't even know who they are. In Phoenix. So no, let me – In fairness. I, I know they don't play in Phoenix, but they're the one fucking hockey team in the state. You think they <laughs> right. should – And she's at the rental car place where you ask people where things are. In fairness, I, I got into a car in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, and I asked, to be, I, I asked to go to the arena, and the guy had no idea. Right. What arena There's, for what team? There are five buildings in Regina. Are you joking me? <laughs> like where where the Regina Pats play? The big arena. <laughs> the <laughs> biggest the biggest building in the province. No, I'm right. joking. No, that's where the rough ride in Regina. Play. It ain't it ain't far off. <laughs> Saskatoon, I like. But can so, I say that I don't think the two stories are the same? They're not. They are. <laughs> they are. But let me throw this at we you. We are the same, you and I. <laughs> Steve's taking this story, going, "I made this." <laughs> Adam made this. I made this. I made this. But the thing is. You know, with a smaller organization and anybody that works for a smaller business, and I'm not saying the Coyotes are small, and I'm not, by the way, saying that their fans are not great, but let's not overstate the, the best in the league. Come on. There's, there, you got to fill an arena before you can start trying that. I think maybe Nashville is up for that, but I don't know about, I don't know. I still want to see a Coyotes game up close. The point I'm trying to make here is this is when you have a smaller organization, things get, it's a little bit more like a family. It's things get personal. And John Shaka, if this were a normal year, would have quit at a normal time. But Maybe. what the, um, what's happened here with a global pandemic going on is it's thrown the timelines off. Now, is him quitting right now good? No. No. But I don't, want to, I don't want to think, I don't want to think for a second that the Coyotes' ownership is blameless here. I for sure, I just don't know. I don't know John Shaka personally, but I have a hard time believing 
that he wouldn't have wanted to stay there, finish out the season and go, you know, like what Steve McFarlane's doing with the Leafs right now as the assistant coach. He's going to move on to the Kingston Frontenacs. Paul McFarlane, excuse me. And I understand that that's a different league and it's a different thing. But this is very clearly, if he is going to the Devils, it's very clearly an upgrade and he's going to make an astounding amount of money and he's going to be on the East Coast near his family. Do you really think this guy, do you think that John Shaker would want to just quit and make himself look terrible? Because if he did, like think about this from his perspective. You're the general manager and you're the president of hockey ops for an NHL team. If you quit going into the playoffs without any prompting or without someone pushing you to do so, then you're an asshole, right? right. You're an asshole and no one wants you. No one wants to hire you. When's this guy going to quit on me next? No, he's blacklisted. But you got, exactly. But you got a smaller ownership group that's new to this because they just took over, right? And they're pissed, understandably. And you got a global pandemic. Normally, this would be the right time to quit, but it's not. Can I? And and they stood in his way. And you know, frankly, in life, sometimes you got to do the asshole thing and secure the fucking bag, which is what John Chaka did. He went, he got his money, he's closer to home, and he's with a franchise with, frankly, more stable leadership. I don't really think, I don't really think that he necessarily made the worst choice in the world. Mm-hmm. Can I give you the quote from uh, AZ Central about the Hall negotiations from now, last week? Well, this oh. was the other thing. <laughs> the other thing, he wasn't even involved. There's, so much, there's so much evidence that this is not Chago's fault and that oh. he had an opportunity. Yeah, please do. Please that, do. Please do. I did see this. We'll get back to the bracket in a minute, folks. Right. Okay, so <laughs> this is from azcentral.com. Coyotes general manager John Chaka, who signed a contract extension last November, is no longer leading negotiations to re-sign forward Taylor Hall, according to an NHL source with direct knowledge of the situation. The source confirmed reports that Coyotes owner Alex, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Marullo? I think so. Marullo and his son, Alex Jr., and team president and CEO, Xavier uh, Gutierrez, had a dinner meeting last week with Hall. At the meeting, the Coyotes made Hall a lowball offer, according to the source. John wasn't at the meeting, he wasn't the one who set it up, and he wasn't the one making the offer. Wasn't invited. He's the general manager and president of Hockey Ops. And it's so weird that negotiations with Taylor Hall would be made public. I know. Who could, do- who could have done that? And who could have said it was a lowball offer? Even if the lo- yo, even if the offer was twenty million a year, Darren right. would be like, that's lowball bullshit. What is this? Somebody call Darren Drager and get me get me my story. Listen, I rewatch my favorite movies too. <laughs> Welcome to the party, Arizona Coyotes fans. Welcome to the party. Don't worry, he inevitably signs. That's the way the movie ends. He'll stay. Who else has got the cap room to sign him? He's a UFA. Guys, he's staying. He's staying. He's staying. That's the that's the team with the money and the desperation to sign him. Trust me, he's staying. Because now, cap space and money are not the same thing. Uh, well, but Darren Ferris is in a great position here. If I'm Darren Ferris, you've just lost your president of hockey ops and your general manager, and you look stupid. And then you tried to make him look terrible, which just makes you look bad. What 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 the Coyotes did with their press releases instead of being classy. They, they went after the guy personally and made him look terrible in front of the public, right? All they would have had to do is say, thank you, John, for your contrib- contributions. And people would have been like, what the hell's wrong with John Schaefer? But, yeah. but instead, they attacked him. So they looked bad, and they need a win. That ownership group, that president, they need a win. Alex and Alex Jr. and Mr. Gutierrez need a win. 
They got to re-sign Taylor Hall. Darren Ferris knows this. And he's looking around the league going, Caps frozen for the next three years at $81.5 million, and most teams are already up against it. Taylor Hall is going to stay in Arizona, and he's going to make a fucking fortune. It's great. Darren Ferris wins again, man. Darren Ferris is the evil villain that always gets away with it. When he and I one day have our reconciliation beer, he's buying. With Darren Ferris? Yeah. 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 Listen, man. I'm not turning down a beer with Darren Ferris. Don't you want yeah. to pick that brain? No, yeah. Oh. I want to see him haggle oh, yeah. with the wait staff. Please, please. I want to see <laughs> Yeah. Please write a book so I can learn how to negotiate like you, man. Seriously. What's on tap? How much? Okay, how's three? <laughs> anyway, sorry. so that, that is one hell of a story, you guys. You're absolutely right, and I'm sorry I almost missed it. Uh, let's move on to the next one here because we are running out of time. Vancouver Canucks, Minnesota Wild. This is an interesting one because the Canucks are getting back all the players that were not healthy. And mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild were, you know, Dude, fine. Joke were team, joke team uh, who had just fired Bruce Boudreau mm-hmm. and were somehow the, uh, like, one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League heading into the break. And the fact that uh, the way their season went, the f- first half of it, and the nightmare summer that they had, the fact that they're even in this 2014 pool is impressive to me. Kevin Fiala had like 16 games in 12 games after we wrote him off as a bust. Um, Minnesota can make some noise Paul here. Fenton right. Paul Fenton was right. Paul on Fenton, the Darren train. Ferris, they're, they're all on the island. Shirelli. Shirelli. <laughs> Bim Jennings will throw in there too. Yeah, no, I'm gonna. I still pick Bim Jennings' team though. I think, so you pick uh, Canucks in how many games? Five. It'll be a fun series. It'll okay. be the most fun Minnesota Wild hockey you've ever watched. True, Jesse. I'm gonna go with Canucks in four because I I secretly love the Canucks team. I love Pedersen. I love Hughes. I love Besser. I love Horvat. I, they have such fun young guys that I don't want to root against them, and I think. They're going to show up. Uh, what about Jay Beagle? Antoine Roussel? <laughs> you know, just, they can't compete Big with Tyler Toffoli. Big money guys. He's going to be dressing. Oh, yeah, he's going to be <laughs> in playing. The, in the warm-up game. Um, Jesse, I'm with you, but I think Vancouver sweeps this series. Uh, and wow. I think the X factor is a healthy Markstrom. Uh, that mm. is the guy for me that, Huge. you know, if you look at what matters in an NHL, uh, in an NHL game, goaltending is number one. And you look at who's got the best goaltender, and usually you pick the t- that's the team you pick to win the series. They absolutely have a better goaltender in Markstrom, assuming he stays healthy, because if he's not in, it's a different series. But if Markstrom's in, I think with Vancouver scoring punch up front, remember they still got Chris Tanev, they still got a pretty strong, solid structure defense. I say Vancouver wins this in a walk, and that's nothing against the Minnesota Wild, who definitely deserve some credit for coming back and actually playing with some fire after that trade deadline and everything. You know what I mean? They kind of they a Jeff resurrected Merrick, a bad season. It's a Jeff Merrick quote that he brings up once a week. Hockey should just be called goalie. Right. That's fair. Absolutely. And the last series in the West, and we're going <laughs> to ignore all the, uh, the championship play-in stuff because who cares? Oh, yeah. uh, those, teams, those teams don't care. We don't care. Whatever one's seated where, that's great. Good for you. Sorry, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington. You know, Not whatever. Pittsburgh. Not Pittsburgh. Sorry, Washington, Philadelphia, Boston, Tampa, like, yeah, we get it. You're great. Um, Calgary and Winnipeg. Who do you take in this? Because this is a very – this is the opposite of the Islanders and Florida series. This is excitement, this series. Adam, what should should hockey be called? Mm -hmm. Goalie. 
Jets in four. Dude, the uh, and and this is the team I was alluding to earlier. Uh, every year we go, here we go. They're going to go a little bit further. Just you wait, just you watch. And I, at what point do you stop believing in the Calgary Flames? Listen, if they do it this year, it'll be a surprise to me because I am tired of every single year being like, oh. And I, I mistake the intensity of their fans for the intensity of their team. I love watching Calgary Flames games. Uh, but I think their fans and the atmosphere in that arena make that team appear more intense than they are. And Johnny Gaudreau has laid back-to-back eggs in the playoffs. Uh, Sean Monahan, I would file under very good. I don't know about number one center. Um, they got some really good pieces. I just don't believe in them. Uh, Calgary, just from being to a million Flames games, the fans are always great. The team just doesn't seem to ride that. Fans are unbelievable. Man, I just they're don't so believe great. in them. They're so I don't loud. believe in that team. Uh, Jesse, what do you think? People forget, too, that the Winnipeg Jets were one of the best teams in the National Hockey League before this last season for the last, like, five years running. They've always been in the conversation in those top teams. Mm-hmm. And then now that Hellebuck's been playing out of his mind. And it would have been cool. What if, like, Dustin Buffalo came back? Oh, surprise oh, comeback. <laughs> that would have been crazy. But, yo, have, like, a, like, time to play the game. <laughs> right? <Yep>. Boom. Fireworks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the, the, one of the best teams in hockey right now versus a team that's been so wishy-washy over the last two seasons. Okay, so I'm going to so, go Jets in uh, four. Steve, what did you pick? It was Jets, Jets, in, in, Jets in four. Uh, and I'm going to echo that. And I'll tell you Jets why. There's four, two what? reasons. Yeah, Jets in four for me. Now, the first one is Connor Hellebuck should be up for the heart this year, and it's absolutely ridiculous and embarrassing embarrassing because they they talked about it even on the sports broadcast they were like well you got a couple votes what what are you watching the winnipeg has a trophy the winnipeg jets do not exist without connor hellebuck this year most valuable player to his team is absolutely connor hellebuck i've been beating this drum and if you disagree with me look up his numbers look it up the guy's been amazing and here's the other thing as we said talking about sean monahan talking about johnny gaudreau I'm a Kachuk guy. Love him. Gaudreau, when he's on, love him. Monaghan, when he's on, pretty good guy. Pretty good Pretty good guy. Between those three guys last year in Colorado, how many goals did they score? You guys guess? The entire series. Those three guys. Who who are the three? Gaudreau, Monaghan, and Kachuk. 60 goals. No, no, no. I'm talking about just the Colorado series. Oh, Oh, one? Between like one each, or no, just total as a total? Okay, <laughs> Jesse, I'm gonna take the off. over. You're two. gonna take the over. What do you think? How two, many? two. Well, you're both wrong. Three between the three of them. Ew, ew. It's not good. Ew. Monahan didn't ew. score. Monahan scored one goal and had an assist. Gaudreau had one assist the entire series. One assist, and Kachuk had two goals, and I think he had a couple assists too. So and- you actually came and showed up. We were talking all wishy-washy who's going to be the starter for the Calgary Flames. Uh, you cannot be asking that question heading into a series against Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Patrick Line, Nikolai Ehlers. Murderers. Murderers. Neil Pionk? What are you doing in that conversation, my love? Um, Josh no, Morrissey. He, he had a ridiculous season. But no, Hellebuck, 922 save percentage, a record of 31-21-5. He was unbelievable. If he gets hurt 
Uh, Laurent Brassois was six seven and one with an eight ninety five, and I'll say Calgary in two and a half. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Uh, with Hellebuck in the series and playing like Connor Hellebuck, there's no reason they should. Be. If and this is a question I want to ask you guys before uh, before we get to the end of this year. If uh, the Calgary Flames do not win, if the predictions are correct on this show, which they often are not, and the Jets win this series, four or five games or even three. Is it time to blow up the Calgary Flames core? Yes. I blow mean, it up or make a move? Blow it up is the question I asked. What is blowing it up? Well, I mean, I think the two major pieces are Monaghan and Gaudreau. So if one of them goes, because Giordano's in there, but he's getting older. Uh, TJ Brody, I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, so what, what are you saying? Blowing it up would be getting rid of Giordano. Uh, because he's old. Value. That's the move. That's the move. But uh, it's, to me, Monaghan wouldn't be blowing it up. That's a significant move. It's not blowing it up. Blowing it up is either you get rid of the leadership in exchange for new leadership, so that'd be Giordano, or you get rid of the guy, quote-unquote, which is Goudreau. And, and I, he hasn't been a good enough the guy for them. He hasn't. No, okay, if you look at the Battle of Alberta, right, or you even look at their division, right, you want, you want Johnny Goudreau or you want Elias Patterson? Oh, Patterson. Patterson. So they lose that battle. All day. You want, you want Johnny Gaudreau or you want Connor McDavid? Well, that's not fair. You want Johnny Gaudreau or you want Leon Dreisaitl? That's not fair either. How far down the Oilers roster do you want me to go? Well, if it was Cassian or Gaudreau, I would say Gaudreau. There you go. <laughs> do you want Gaudreau or Kachuk? <laughs> or James Neal. You want James Gaudreau Neal scores more in the Kachuk? playoffs. James Neal scores more in the playoffs. He's, he's a playoff guy. Unless he's on the Flames. Yeah, well, he didn't make them. This, so, it's just he's got to, at some point, and again, what, are you going to base it on this year? So if they were to trade him, you'd be like, oh, you're basing it on this year? No, I'm basing it on this year and the previous two. So and if he, is, doesn't, if he doesn't look like he's ready, which some people have said, like, oh, Johnny hasn't looked very good, uh, well, then what have you been doing? Right. A, a lot of other players in this league look ready. And don't forget, too, that Calgary does not have Travis Hamanick. He's decided to sit out. Uh, and that's so, you know, that's, that's a, a major one. loss for them. Yeah. TJ Brody is an incredible defenseman, but it's a, it's a big, uh, big load that that defense is going to have to shoulder against Winnipeg major. Um, if, if they can get past Winnipeg cycling low, uh, Calgary's got to, sh- I, I got to shoot on, uh, it's got, you know, they might be able to make it through the defense, but they got to shoot on Connor Hellebuck. I just don't see how they do it. And let me ask you this. This is their core guys. This is their core. Giordano, Lindholm, Kachuk, Gaudreau. Monahan, if they lose, which of these five fingers am I not holding up? Adam, I think there's a there's a toe you're not holding. Who's the toe? The toe is Brad for living. I think if the Calgary <laughs> Flames, ew, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was pressing it into the floor. That's why it's yellow. <laughs> Jesse made such a good point. Oh point my god! <laughs> Thank for anybody who's listening to the podcast, Adam just showed us his toe. You said there was a toe missing, so I was just bringing it to the show. Listen, Can mine's the title Adam's toe. Mine's uglier. I'm not showing it though. Oh God, man! I'm gonna read you guys some things. Okay. Beat the Canucks in the first round, four-two. Good series. Lost in second round to the Anaheim Ducks. Nuts. Four-one. Mm. Did not qualify for the playoffs. Mm. Lost in first round, got swept by the Ducks, 
did not qualify for the playoffs. Lost in the first round, 4-1 to the Avalanche. That is, that is Brad Chalibring's record since 2014 when he took over as GM. I just don't think the resume is there for him to remodel this team if they lose here. So I think you uh, bring in a new GM. I don't know about a coach, but they just had that coaching change after Bill Peters. But several coaching changes. Yeah, so I think it's, a, it's about time for uh, Brad to lead the franchise if they lose here in the first round. Wow. Which means rebuild a little bit. A little bit. Tweak a little bit. Get, bring somebody else in to they, tweak it. They They're could already be young. Yeah, like, and they right. could be a good trade away, right? Like, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not hopeless. They're not at a all. disaster. No. They're not a disaster. It's just, like, I keep looking at them and I'm like, I just see second round max. Mm-hmm. And that's all. I can't get excited for that. And how many kicks of the can do you get? Right. You know? 100%. Right. So next show is going to be Monday night because we are going to go back to our regular schedule except for when the Leafs are playing on the night that we would play. So, so if we're, if, let's for instance, if the Leafs are playing a Sunday night, we usually do Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, we're going to move it to the next day so we can talk about the game and preview the next one, obviously, because, hey, it's Leafs first on this show. Um, but we will be covering the rest of the playoffs and all the other teams just kind of like we did today because that's what we do. Um, so be looking out for us either Sundays or Mondays, depending upon them with the Leafs play, or Wednesdays and Thursdays, right? That's sort of the – we're going to be you know, riding that line as long as the Leafs are in the playoffs. And if you're an anti-Leafs person, don't worry – they probably won't be in that long. So then we'll go back to Wednesdays and Sundays. Anyway, if you've been watching the Leafs, you know this. Now, uh, one thing, no, we'll bring back the press conference next, uh, next time. Uh, we'll even maybe do a history corner one of these days. Uh, but I think I wanted to end it on a happy but a bit somber note. Um, because today is the final show where we will be the Panago Pizza Steve Dangle podcast. Um, the show is. I'm leaving the show, guys. Do we, no, oh, God. Panago Pizza, Adam and Jesse show about. Uh, we're not sure. Uh, no, it will be just the Steve Dangle podcast. Um, after seven years with Panago Pizza, um, the relationship has not come to an end, but the contract has. And yeah. obviously, uh, you know, this is not how they wanted to end it. This is certainly not how we wanted to end it. But unfortunately, when you have a global pandemic, your plans change. Um, you yeah. know, this was supposed to go on a lot longer than it has. And I think, you know, rarely do you get to talk about a, a sponsor of a show, an advertiser on a show, uh, in the terms that we get to talk about, about Panago. But if I were to write a book, uh, Panago pizza, pizza is going to be featured prominently in it when I talk about, uh, this story as it was in Steve's book. Um, this is a group of people that believed in us when we were doing 2,200 downloads a show. If that, if that, no, no, we were, we were doing 2200s. I remember, I remember talking to them about it. They're like, how's your show doing? And they said, yeah, we'll, we'll jump on board with that. And they have grown with us every step of the way. There's only been about three or four months of ever doing this show where Panago wasn't involved. And so, um, you know, with that, I think relationships like that are very special. You don't see them. If you work in marketing and advertising, you know, this it's seasonal and these guys, no matter what, stuck with us through everything. I think we did a great job together at the live events. Um, they were cool. I, they they were, didn't stop us from doing anything. That's right. We they kept saying, are we a lot, do you have a problem with, the, and they never know. And they, never. you know, amazing social media team that interacted. And uh, so here's the thing. Um, we just wanted to say 
an official thank you to the Panago Pizza, part of the Panago Pizza Steve Dangle podcast. It's going to be very strange doing this without you guys. Uh, but Fiona Rigby, especially at Mercer Creative in Vancouver. Uh, what a wonderful person to work with all of these years. Um, and there's been so many people that we've worked with in, in the intermediary, as well as Carly, who is no longer with Panago, but was ahead of their marketing team for years and years and years. Um, you know, thank you to both of them for believing us the way that they did. Um, and, you know, we certainly hope that this is not the last time we get to work together. Uh, it's just a, a mere pause. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that is the theme of 2020. Isn't it? <laughs> even like, even like the little stuff of just like every live event we've ever had has been catered by Panago Pizza. Yeah, they just, just like, send pizza. They just, they just send pizza. You know, like that stuff. It really matters. Yeah, and like this, this is, this isn't, this isn't a bad breakup. This is no. Think, think David Dobrik and Liza Koshy. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, I will not think about that. I'm gonna cry. No man. I know. No, but that's what it was like. Yeah, was, no. but. But in this particular case, it's, there's a, it took a, this is how strong this partnership was. It took a global pandemic for it to end. That's, that's the kind of strength we were on. And, and I just, you know, I think uh, it was a, it's a very special relationship and we'll always hold a special place in our hearts. Yeah. Stuff in our face with deliciousness all this time. Always. And I do want to say, this is a good opportunity to say, first off, we've got some, a new partner coming on board uh, in a different capacity next episode, which we're very, very excited about it. It's uh, uh, Pizza Nova. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is not. Uh, uh, but it is, it is it's a partner we're very excited to talk to. <laughs> we've got several partners joining us for the playoffs and that sort of thing. But I think it's a good time to mention, and we never do, if you've got a business, big or small, uh, you know, if you're a sole proprietor, if you're in a partnership, if you've got a marketing company working for you, whatever it is, feel free to email us, stevedanglepodcast at gmail.com. We've got all sorts of rates for all sorts of different sizes and packages available and that sort of thing. So that's different great. Different packages. That's right. We can, we can fit any budget. Um, but in the meantime, we're very excited about this group coming on. There's a couple of the others that will come on in mid-August. Uh, but thank you once again to Panago Pizza. And thank you to everybody who supported Panago Pizza supporting us yeah. by tweeting us every time you went to a Panago Pizza because that was amazing too. That, re- that pushed our relationship with Panago like over yeah. the top, you know? Because people actually went to Panago's and was like, I'm eating Panago because we- I listen to this damn stupid podcast. Yeah, people I, I not love- from Canada. Yeah, people coming from like the States and like people flying over from England and like – I'm doing what every Toronto tourist does. I went to the Panago on Bremner. <laughs> and I got myself. Like, it, was, yeah. it was so cool. And like, yeah. it was just, it was amazing guys. How often over the last seven years, like people from Panago who had been with us the whole time were just like, wow. So they're your, your listeners are different. eh? Yeah. <laughs> they're really different. They're yeah. something else. And they, yeah. they uh, loved, loved you guys and still love you. Buy a Panago pizza. Damn it. Yeah, that one's stop. for free. Don't stop. I'll, I'll, yeah, that one's for free. I'm going to, they're opening one by my, my house and I'm going to open. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> eat it. Yeah. So uh, we will be back with another full show on Monday afternoon slash Monday evening, whenever Jesse uh, and his fine editing skills are able to get the show up. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll see with the rest of the weeks, but we'll be announcing each show uh, and when they're scheduled to be 
uh, obviously, at, you know, during each, each broadcast. So that way you're aware of when the next one's coming. But again, as soon as the Leafs are out, it's back to Sundays and Wednesdays. And hopefully that doesn't happen till late October. All right. So, the next minute- time we all sit here, an actual professional hockey game in the NHL that counts Ooh. for standings and points will have been played. on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. Connection complete.